The Smiley J Artist Zone podcast is an engaging and insightful platform designed to celebrate and explore the world of artistry in all its forms. Hosted by Smiley J, a passionate advocate for the arts, this podcast offers a vibrant and inclusive space where artists from various disciplines can share their experiences, insights, and creative journeys. Listeners can expect a diverse range of topics discussed on the podcast from artist interviews, their creative process, and other fun questions for those inquiring musical minds. Welcome back to the Dozen Podcast. So this week is, it will probably be the toughest one that I've done so far in respect of my guest, because he's also a friend of mine. And we went to school together. And we didn't just go to secondary school together. We went to primary school together. The backstory is I used to live in a, in a town and I got politely asked to leave all of my schools that I attended. And then I moved to a new town and I made the last year of primary school where I met my friend Stephen. And this is Stephen Kinnard, ladies and gentlemen. And we become friends. And then when we went to secondary school, we, were the, we chose each other to be in each other's form. Because when you go from primary to secondary school, you get to choose one person that you'd like to be in the same form as, uh, and this was Stephen. So today I'm gonna be having a discussion with Stephen about something that is extremely sensitive. Stephen is a little bit older than me. He's approaching 44 years of age, and he's a virgin. Now, when you first contacted me because you know I was doing a podcast and obviously yeah. we've had we've had private chats about this before and it was strictly between you and me and I can see why it would be strictly between you and me yeah. and you contacted me and you said Liam you're doing a podcast I'll be very interested in coming on telling my story talking about involuntary celibacy and still having my virginity intact at my age and the problems it's caused and the damage it's done and the life you've led because of it. And the first time you contacted me, I, I ignored, I ignored the, the voice note because I thought, is this something you really want to do? I certainly don't want to encourage you come on and discuss something so intimate and it's very heavy. It, it's, uh, it's upsetting for me to hear the story when you told me when it was just you and me. But then when you reached out for a second time yeah, and it was in length, the voice note, I thought, okay, Stephen, deadly serious about this. She was talking about creating a page and creating awareness and sharing your story with everybody. And so then I did come back and say, okay, well, if this is something you want to do, I'm happy to have you on as a guest. It will be a pleasure. And I, I do know that it will help a hell of a lot of people and it will shake the stigma and it will set you free to a certain extent and also open doors and avenues because I'm sure people will watch this. A, they can relate and they've never, ever, ever had the courage to say it out loud. And also people that have relationships, parents, aunties, uncles, brothers, sisters, it's like the elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, still having your Virginia at 44 is going to seem very rare to a lot of people, but it's also going to seem common to the people that are still virgins in their in their forties. So, 
I was happy to roll with it because you were happy to roll with it and you were determined to go with it. I didn't want to, I didn't want you to feel under any, if, if anything, I felt like I was slightly pressured to do it, but I thought, you know what, if you want to do it, you're my friend and it will make a good conversation because you're, you're bright, you're articulate, you're very, very genuine. Uh, you're a local businessman. So you're liked within the community. You're, you're a much nicer guy than me. <laughs> that's probably that's probably the problem so tell me how it feels first and foremost this present moment in time because this has obviously been a build-up and i'm sure yeah. there would have been moments in time where this is the last thing you would have ever spoke about to anybody let alone to the entire internet because who knows how many people are going to see this this could reach yeah. millions uh potentially so how are you currently feeling about being a virgin at 43 years of age well a lot better than what i did because you could never do this if you were say 18 months ago and well up until 18 months ago we never would have considered it you just sit there thinking about it and you just well, you beat yourself up, but at the moment, I'm feeling pretty good. It's uh, I'm in a good place in life, you know. I've got a good business, and uh, I've got my own place. Um, great clients that I see every day, and they help an enormous amount. Uh, good friends, but uh, yeah, I feel it's always there, but I feel good, and I just am happy to maybe get a voice if, if if this helps one person um or makes them feel better then that's fine by me but i feel pretty good at the moment and um hope to keep it that way well i'm hoping well i hope it helps a lot of people certainly the one person in particular i'd really like this to help is you because i've never seen i've never seen a podcast where anybody discusses being a virgin in their forties, ever, and before yeah. I before I set up this podcast, uh, a lot of friends and family would say to me, "Why don't you set up a podcast? You know, I think you'd make a decent host." And I didn't even know podcasts existed, so I thought, "Okay, yeah, sounds good. It's just two people having a conversation, and you know, it's honest and open, and I'm brutally honest, and I don't mind my vulnerabilities being aired and exposed. In fact, I find it quite refreshing and and empowering." It helps me, and I know it helps others. And so I went down a rabbit hole with podcasts. I sat on my sofa in between running my businesses, and I yeah. sat there, and I watched podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast, and I never saw one discussing virginity, no. incels. That's the word I want to I want to talk yeah. to you about. Yeah. The word incel. Now I see it all the time. Yeah, I see it. I see a lot of alpha male men it's called the manosphere and they're set out to educate incels how to become more alpha more attractive to females and but i've never seen an incel come and speak about being invo involuntarily celibate no i don't like the word incel no i don't H how do you feel about that word i think it's a terrible word it's almost as bad as a racist word you know because it's a it, it almost la it labels you as something 
And when you see in cell in print, as I first saw it in the newspapers after a tragic event, uh, I honestly thought it was uh, some kind of organisation mm. uh, because of the way it's printed out. For a start, it doesn't naturally look like a word. Um, and I just, it paints a wrong picture of it. It's right, certainly a right description, but it certainly uh, paints a wrong picture of the bulk of that community. Um, you know, I have touched on looking at it and um, reading up about it. And I think it's almost, it generates hate for females to a point uh, because you can't, they kind of feel hard done by, ignored, hated by women. Um, maybe some women out there who are virgins uh, feel the same about guys, you know. It's, it works both for both sexes, but it, it, it generates a bad feeling. I, I guess that's what – do you find that? I feel – yeah, I don't, I don't like the word at all. I think it's – I think it's a nasty label. It just doesn't sound particularly pleasant. No. Uh, and it's funny that you say it works both ways and there's going to be – female virgins that are in their thirties, forties, fifties. Yeah. And I never connected the two. I always thought an incel was a term used for a male that still has his virginity and is struggling, not just to find love, but to, but to, but to find sex. Yeah. So I never, I didn't even give it a second thought that this could be aimed at women as well. So yeah, this is, this is for men and women. Just so happens that the story is going to be delivered by a man that is living it and breathing it. Yeah. And yeah, so incel, yeah, a dirty it, it, word. And what was the so you you said you 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 read an article where the word incel was used and there was an, an atrocious act. What, yeah, what was that? It was in Plymouth. Uh, must be just over two years ago. There was a guy um, lived with his mum and uh, he was a bit of a loner. And one evening there, he uh, walked around his immediate area or his neighbourhood, and I think he shot about six people with a shotgun, including a three-year-old toddler who was running away with holding her father's hand. They were both running away. And they described him as an incel. It went into great depth in the, in the paper. And, um, of course, I mean, what could be worse? And you immediately, people lay, uh, marry the word incel with this uh, murderer. And that's where I first, first read it. Well, so. really, that's got nothing to do with how many women you've had sex with that's no. in my opinion that's a that's an act of terror yeah the, well, the two don't go hand in hand no well he was uh he was uh, what you you literally read about is that he was a uh, he'd lock himself away in his bedroom he he had a job uh he did work um but he had uh, sort of mental issues he was violent at school uh i believe uh hitting teachers and so forth and then he got a shotgun certificate to then buy a shotgun. They took it, the certificate away from him because he had mental problems. And a shortish time after they handed it back to him, reissued it with to him, he, he committed this. He shot his mum first, I believe, and, and went wow. out and committed this uh, all because he would, he would post things online say, saying how upset he was, he can't get a girlfriend, uh, and all of the stuff that goes with that. Uh, Do you remember his name? 
I I can't remember. Can we, yeah, can, can we put an article up of this story and the guy's name that committed these yeah. uh, atrocious acts? Because I remember the story, yeah. and I also remember you telling me about it because it made you it made you very upset because he, he shot one of his victims from behind. They was walking away. Two he, girl, a little girl and her father were running away, and and he shot them both from a short distance. Uh, you know. Yeah. So to report that he, you know, I'm just paraphrasing something that I've not read, but. Yeah. Just to get the uh, the context, Incel goes on a shooting spree. Now the two the, the two shouldn't be married up. Now whether he's a virgin or not, the chances are he's a virgin because he's a fucking sociopath. Well, he's he's a, he's a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. He didn't go he didn't go on a on a murderous rampage killing women, his mum and children no. because he couldn't get laid. No. Uh, he couldn't get laid because he was a fucking lunatic. Yeah. That is how it should have been should have been told yeah or maybe just leave the fact that he was an incel out of it completely but the word incel it's now clickbait it's immediately it, in it's, there it's it's mm. immediately noticed because you've got the manosphere and you've got big macho men trying to teach people that uh struggle to to get laid they're yeah. trying to teach you how to get laid and the thing is as well everyone's very very different and what may work for one of these big macho men that think they can sleep with any woman in the world because they've got the gift of the gab, it isn't necessarily going to work for uh, an introverted individual that works on a completely different frequency. Yeah, it's uh, no. it's it's just not. There is no blanket technique no. fit for things to work. I mean, there's obviously there's there's tricks of the trade, and you know you mm -hmm. can go on the charm offensive, and you can a lot of uh, a lot of these. They're sort of con men, really. They'll con their way into someone's knickers. They'll promise yeah. them the world. They'll pretend they've got a job they haven't got. They'll, wear, they'll yeah. wear a fake Rolex and pretend it's real. And they'll just use sales techniques to get them into bed. And yeah. really, do you want to be that person? Well, no, that's the thing is it's, it's, I couldn't be that person. I couldn't be an alpha male for a start. If anything, I'm more of a... Um, you kind of, I think there's a sigma male uh, definition, if you like, where you're very focused and you're just... Um, you're kind and uh, act like a gentleman when women are around. But, yeah, the, the, on social media, you, you, I, I went on a dating site once years ago and all I saw on there was, and, and I knew some of the people. I mean, you look on there and this just shows what it's like because you go on there and there were people I knew locally who were married. And they were on a dating site, mm. yeah, you, you know, and they do give the everyone on there is a model, everyone on there is an entrepreneur, uh, some kind of action man, uh, just because they went rock climbing once or something like that. So, yeah, and, and, <laughs> you know, and they could have been two feet up for all, you know, holding a rope, yeah. leaning backwards. It's mm. just that's the whole thing. And I think it's worse now probably than what it was then. Because Instagram wasn't so so prominent, I guess, but it's it is a uh, and, and people like that 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 guy that it, uh, that shot those people. He would be totally taken in by anything that's fed to him from the alpha male uh, community. Community, yeah, I, I would say definitely, and that that has a a lasting effect. And, and of course, we all know how things you think of something or you're brought up to believe something uh, and you kind of in, indoctrinate yourself, if that's right. Uh, it, it gets stamped on your memory, it develops, and then before you know it, that's your whole way of thinking. Absolutely, yeah. If you, if you, if you read or hear something enough on repeat, that becomes your truth. 
Yeah. That becomes a truth no matter what paper. If, if, you, if you're reading a, a left-wing newspaper day in, day out, day in, day out, because yeah. somebody introduced you to it and you, and you never you never change flavour, you're going to believe that's the way the world works. And same if, you, if you're reading a, a right-wing newspaper. It, it makes no odds, you know. what you, yeah. And people tend to believe what they read. Yeah. Words are very, 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 very powerful in written format and verbal. So it's, it's, it's a hard one to, to decide what you're going to absorb when you're reading something. Do I take yeah. that on board? It, I suppose it comes down to free thinking and actually thinking for yourself, taking snippets of everything around you and thinking, well, between all of this mishmash bias information I'm getting, this is the bit that makes sense to me, maybe a little That's bit it. of it all. Uh, yeah. I so what, what, what would make, not what would make sense to you, let me, let me put it another way. When you said that you're a Sigma male. Yes. S-I-G-M-A. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't have heard that phrase. No. And you, you described it as being hardworking, uh, kind, helpful, an old school gentleman. Yeah, old school, I is would there, say. Is, yeah. there, is, there any more, is there any more meaning around that word Sigma for people that have never, never even heard that term? Um, well, I found it on YouTube, uh, you know, because... Um, when you feel a bit low, you start hunting around for a bit of support. And, yeah. You know, we all do, don't we? Or watch a movie you like or something. And I, I guess Sigma was on my YouTube feed. It came through quite a bit back there about uh, two years ago. And it's described um, – they don't give a lot away initially. Um, rather than telling everybody your goals, they'd just get on with it. That would be the, the way. They listen. Uh, and a lot of the YouTube videos, and I would urge anyone who's in my position, um, the males mainly, of course, is to to research this. It made it, me feel better because I thought, well, these guys are, you know, they come across as very kind of in control, um, leveled you know they're very uh consistent in their habits or or portrayed to be and uh i just could relate to it and it, it wasn't and when they take ladies out or the, you're on a date they sit they make sure they listen attentive um whereas of course you've mentioned the alpha male i guess it's a bit more of an overbearing kind of uh they they rely on that mm. um uh which you know, it doesn't make them a bad person, but it's just not me. And uh, and I guess, can you ever describe someone who is like me as an alpha male? They wouldn't be in the position to, in the first place. If you're a, a virgin, you can't be, I don't think you can be an alpha male um, well, in a way. Well, th th this is what blows my mind about you because you have got alpha qualities and tendencies because you're a leader. You no no one pays your wages. Nobody gives you a pay slip every month. You lead from the front. You run your own business. You have people that work underneath you, people that lean on you for advice, for structure, for leadership, for strength. So, in order to be able to pass that down, yeah. you have to have those qualities. And you're also, I mean, on paper, you you tick all the boxes. You are a gentleman. You are very polite. You are very courteous. You are very traditional. You are you are very old school. You're a very, very nice person. I've never heard you. I've never heard you badmouth anybody. When you've come round for dinner before, you extremely polite and grateful 
to my missus when she's cooked us a, a lovely roast dinner, yeah, yeah. and you refer to women as ladies. I mean, you've got you've got people on the internet in the uh, in the manosphere. They, they they refer to they refer to women as bitches. Yeah, bitch yeah. this, bitch that, bitches, birds. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of calling them birds, but uh, I don't mean anything by it at all. <laughs> but you are traditional, and you you are the kind of guy that will open the door. We'll pull a seat back so somebody, so a lady can, and yeah. you do call them ladies that, that can sit down and you'll tuck them in and you'll ask them about their day and you'll listen and you are very attentive and you and you, you do monopolize the listening uh, as opposed to the talking. I've seen it firsthand and I've seen that you're charming and you've got a very good brain on you academically and you've got a hell of a lot of common sense. Uh, yeah. And it's... you look a little bit like Clark Kent. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it blows my mind how you've you've well, never uh, excused the phrase managed to sink the pink. No, well, it's the same with me, Liam. I just uh, that's why you almost sit down when you have a a bit of a, a bad day thinking about it or an evening, whatever. Well, what am I doing wrong? You see, and you're not because uh, there's nothing wrong about it. It's not, but it's not by choice. It's not a religious choice to be. Uh, what I am and um, it, around me I've seen when we went to school together we I think we were fair to say quite a promiscuous year as oh blimey it, yeah we were quite bad well the you know it was a it was an all-round uh, bad bad year nice people but we we had a re- reputation and our, I think our form certainly had a reputation everyone was fucking everyone <laughs> yeah and I mean <laughs> And of course, you were just you were just bearing your I was, time. I was just sitting there, sitting back. But I, I thought it was great, you know. And I would have, if I'd had the chance and the opportunity had come about, then yeah, of course I would have done. And uh, the same thing. But I don't think I don't think you left any room for anyone, Liam. It's just <laughs> no, my, my missus is going to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah, just think I it, was uh... no. You were just a char. You were charming, and it was. I done uh, all right with the ladies when I was younger, but yeah. not this short, bald bloke that you're watching on the internet. <laughs> no, I, I think it was uh, at that stage. It was just it was verbal charm because we were uh, we were what even even twelve and that you you had the you had the charm there. But it's just uh, I wasn't sleeping with people at twelve for the no, record. Absolutely no. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 but I've, I've, I've always enjoyed talking to yeah. people and building communities and... Very good communicator. And yeah. Orator, yeah, very... Uh, yeah, no. I've, I've always enjoyed company. And when I was young, I, I enjoyed male company, female company. Yeah. And I was always... Well, very much like you. I was raised by two women. So I've always had... I've always been respectful of women. Yeah. And I think that's probably what done me a very good turn when I was yeah. courting, when I was sort of in my late teens uh, and you say about our year being promiscuous now. I mean, can you imagine what what it's like now? I don't know. You know, you read different conflicting things, but um, yeah, I can imagine it's. Uh, don't forget, kids are now watching TikTok. They're watching Instagram. Yeah, they're they're, they're watching their role models shake their ass for likes and views. Well, this is the thing you hear uh, young lads who were uh, who are sort of fourteen and fifteen, whatever, and they're treating their girlfriends like porn stars, which I find quite upsetting because they've seen it on the. Yeah, it's it's a ship. Do you know what? That's such a that's for someone who hasn't slept with with a single woman. You certainly got a good grasp on what's going on out there. And no men. I'd just like to clear that. (laughs) Yeah, so if if there's any men look like (laughs) trying to prey on him to be the first, you're out of luck. But yeah, and I, I'm so 
I mean, I couldn't be any any more anti treating women like porn stars uh, if I tried. If you're gonna engage in an intimate act, make sure it's intimate. Yeah, make love to them, make it count, make it special. I know when you're a young lad and you're full of testosterone and, and you you go into Ibiza for a week, of course you're going to go out there and rack your numbers up. But once you've become a man and you've lost all your insecurities, because that's all it is, if you're going out to sleep with multiple women, it's your ego doing the fucking. Yeah. It's not your heart. It's not no. your soul. And I think you've got to get to a certain age where a sexual, physical act, it has to mean something, otherwise it's soulless and it will leave you empty and it will leave you just as lonely uh as if you hadn't had a, a physical partner. That's it. I mean, that's the important thing to say is that, I, and I've seen, especially as we're older now and we've seen friends and people we know that have um, uh, had relationships, sometimes quite a few, sometimes not many, but they've had a, a baby, a children, they've had a marriage, divorce, they've gone through the, the whole lot, you know. it's a, And uh, I find that the people that just go out there and, you know, it's one after the other, whether it's men or women, they don't seem any happier. I mean, it's just—it's almost looking for support uh, when they do. I mean, to me, with everything, almost everything is like you only need one good one. I think that about like maybe a car I buy or something like that. But um, growing up the way I did, I was um, mum and dad. They're still married after nearly fifty years, and uh, I've got two sisters and and a, and a younger brother. And so growing up with young girls in the house you you kind of learn to respect their privacy a bit they like their privacy and that's understandable and you just get to know what they're going through when they're turning into a teenager and a woman so respect comes from that and take me take me back to your i'm glad you touched base on your childhood take me back to it so you're, you're from a council estate same as me yeah so in east grinstead west sussex yeah not too far from gatwick airport so you're born and raised on a council estate. Your parents, they're both together, so you've and you've got brothers and sisters. So you're you're part of a, a fully functional family. There's yeah. love in the house, there's men and women in the house. So you've got you've got the full spectrum, you've got the full Very, dynamic. Yeah. And there was no there was no no drama in the house, there was no abuse in the house. It was just a normal family, full of love, it what was. you'd expect. Yeah. yeah. And we just need to work out how we've got to a stage where someone like you hasn't managed to to make love to someone yet, or have a relationship, which is the thing. Even to to, to to you know have a loving relationship, which leads leads on to that. But I, I'm flummoxed, Liam. I have really you ever have you, have you thought where does it? Because a lot of, a lot of things stem from like you you know the the, fir the the first seven years of your life. They tend to mould you for the rest of your yeah. days. What you're taking in subconsciously. Uh, unconsciously, it does have a, an everlasting impact. Yeah. And was there anything that, that you saw, even outside of the family, that you can remember that you think could have hindered your your ability to, to have a relationship with a female? Uh, nothing, no, because I've always... Res uh, I, I love, love women. I respect women, love spending time in their company. So no, nothing like that. But it's funny to say the first seven years that are really formative years for any any human being and, and it was when I was six I remember it quite clearly um primary school I was in assembly and a teacher was reading a story we all sat there as you do a couple of hundred of us I was always a nervous kid and so 
it wasn't as natural thing to go to school and be away from home. So I was always nervous. And one day it just hit. Uh, I had to get out of that assembly hall and I stood up, said to the teacher, I feel sick. And she was a bit old school. She did, you know, scowl a bit because it wasn't done then. You know, if they did it now, it'd be like you'd have about two or three teachers in the room for a start, not one holding court to 300 kids. Mm. And she, I had to go out and went and sat in a cloakroom. And that was when I was six. So six years of age. Are you saying that you was overwhelmed with anxiety at six? Yeah, it was, it was anxiety and I was always, say, nervous. So it just, it was like a panic attack. As young as six, wow. Yeah. Because it's only recently where people are openly talking about mental health. Yeah. An- anxiety, depression, bipolar, social anxiety, panic, panic attacks. Yeah. Uh, fear of the unknown. So at six years of age, so we're talking, we're talking nearly 40 years ago, yeah. 37 years ago, yeah. it was unheard of. Yeah. So how would, how would a six-year-old be able to verbalise to anybody, well, let alone an adult, that they're feeling fear and trepidation and they're scared, but they can't, they can't put their because anxiety. You, I don't know about you, but I've had my fair share of anxiety. Mine was drug induced because obviously because of my dad. Yeah. But how do you how do you make sense of something that you're scared of, but you don't really know what it is you're scared of? You don't. It made you even worse. It made me even worse because uh, it was just leading up to the summer holidays. Fortunately, so it was in summer term, and uh, that's the trouble having a photographic memory. You just remember everything and where and when, but it just. Uh, I could not wait for that summer holiday to come. Um, it, you couldn't turn to anybody. Uh, you'd say you felt sick. So I went to the cloakroom and obviously a teacher saw me there and then you'd sit there and they'd bring the sick bowl out like they used to, I guess they still do. And the teacher sat with me, and but I was never ill. I just felt sick. Yeah. And so... Sick, sick with fear. See, yeah, it was. It was in the, you know, and you'd need the toilet, you'd need the, you'd feel sick, uh, both at the same time, and so that that went on those uh, few weeks before the end of term there. And uh, mum was up the school. It was like, what's wrong with him, and and all of that. And I, but it, no one really knew. I didn't know, so I, I just say I felt sick. So of course they just think you have a couple of days off school. You got a stomach bug. So but, you, no, you, you you masked how you really felt. Yeah. So as as opposed to putting your hands up saying, "Hey, I'm scared," and I don't know what I'm scared about. You just pretended you had a stomach yeah. bug, and yeah, I could I can pick it out from. Uh, I know someone who's uh, who's had the same thing with their children, and you've seen it, and it's about the same age. Uh, you know, little and. And I just knew what that was straight away. Mm. And I said, this will either go quick or it will last for years and no one will be able to do anything about it apart from him or her. And how did you have that? So you'd then have the summer holidays yeah, and you'd go and work with your dad on the farm. Well, yeah, because I was only a nipper, but I just used to be out there. And of course, out there you can lose yourself. And you're around my nan who I absolutely, like yourself, I absolutely adored my nan and granddad. Um, but especially my nan, uh, what a lovely lady. I mean, just a lovely face. And she was a proper nan where she would, uh, she was cuddly, short, cuddly, had the short gray, gray hair, not the purple rinse, but just how women had, she was a war generation. 
And so different breed, different breed, and Grandad was the same. And um, was she evacuated? She was too old for that. She was a lady during the war, so she right. was she was right in the thick of it. Fire watch in uh, on the rooftops in Worthing at night, and uh, working on the on the land in the day. My granddad was sent sent away, so it was, we were working on the land, and of course, round tractors and vehicles, and just being outside, physical activity, and that was what I think helped me was the. I could I wouldn't say I'd work the same as a man at that age, but certainly by the age of eleven, I would work to a man's rate. It, it, physical exertion would calm you down. Yeah, the great outdoors as well, which is all, which is yeah. very calming. And I've I always remember you as being a grafter. I I remember you even when from when we was ten years of age that you would go and work with your dad on the yeah. farm, and it would be be physical labour. Yeah. You'd actually be working at, yeah. and and be grafting. And I never stopped to think for one second that, A, that could be your way of blocking out uh, anxiety or, or, or panic. Yeah. I just assumed that it was in your bones that you was a which, – well, which I think it is in your bones. It is you, when you're brought up like that in a, yeah. fa- in a farming fa- family. It is, yeah, because you, you haven't stopped what You haven't stopped working and grafting up until no. this very present still, moment. Still just still joined, enjoying it and still enjoying it down there. We're not growing anymore, but I enjoy it and I'm thoroughly looking forward to being down there tomorrow because it's just when you have these dark days, there's nothing – I, I – can shut this out, this whole topic today, I can shut it out when I'm down there and I don't like to, if someone phones that I don't want to talk to, I won't answer. I just have my, shut myself off down there. The only people I talk to is my dad or the customers because it, you, everyone has to have that place. It's just a happy place. Their you, safe you, place. You know, um, but it's just this whole topic stems from back then in those primary school days, just being nervous. And then that, when I became a teenager, it very, I didn't avoid them at school. I didn't avoid, avoid the, the girls at school. We had some very good looking girls in, in my form and in the year. And I enjoyed it when we went to athletics with them. And I would be relaxed talking. The only place I would be relaxed talking to the other, to girls was on the athletics field because we would be out there, you know, trying to do our best together. Um, outdoors you were again. Too busy thinking about your event to be trying to crack onto, onto her or, uh, or whatever. So that was, for me, in that environment, yes, I was very relaxed around them. But when we started getting to the ages where we could go out nightclubbing or going out a bit later, I would freeze up. I would just lock up. I was great. I had some great mates and still got the same ones. Um, uh, they were good-looking guys, uh, two very good mates. They're both 6'2", 6'1", 6'2", dark-haired, good-looking guys. They never had any trouble. You're definitely not talking about me here. <laughs> you were on your own league somewhere else, mate. Yeah. No, no, I was just thinking that we were uh, – and it's funny to say our year was promiscuous – it's just that I, yeah, I just stood back and watched this and, and I wasn't ready at that stage. And it's funny because, so just, be, but just before I mention how, how more developed you were at school than, than, than any other, any other yeah. uh, lad at the time, because you were, you had muscles before anybody, you had armpit air. I remember you had a fucking, you had a, 
you had a, a donut of pubic air around I your did, cock and balls was, before yeah, anybody yeah, else. Yeah. And I was very envious. <laughs> I was fucking hell, Steve, you've got a good patch of pubic air there. Mm. Like, where's mine? Nine years old, I started puberty. I think it was so, yeah. So, yes, it's not, it's not like you was a late developer. No. You had, the, uh, you had the pubic patch, you had the armpit air, you had the muscles. And you used to, I'm going to flick back and forth now because there's a few things I want to touch base on. <laughs> but when was it primary school? Uh, you was always into muscles and weightlifting, and you used to used to have your Jaguar uh, hold, hold, all. hold all, yeah, you had your hold all the leather old school one. I think it was yeah. green, yeah, British racing. And, and uh, but you would put uh, hardback book, books in the bottom yeah. to make it well to make it like a, heavier, a, a, a strenuous to carry yeah. your bag to to work on your strength. So you was always into always into strengthening your body, conditioning your body, and then you got into to the gym in late years to yeah. sculpt your body. Yeah. And you had the best physique from a young age. You was more, you was physically more developed at a young age. There was just obviously something that, and it must go back to confidence because mm. another, go back to incels very quickly. Another thing that incels get labeled with is hatred towards women. Oh, and yes. I've seen that many, many times. Yeah. It's like, people it's not the fact that they hate women that they're not having sex with women it's because they can't have sex with women because they don't know how to play that game they no. don't know how to play the mind chess with a woman because with, with, with a woman men are stimuli yes. are visually stimulated sorry yeah. and, and women are mentally stimulated yeah. so it's a case of you know to get into a woman's knickers you've really got to get into their head to get into their heart then to get in their knickers yeah. there's obviously an exception to the rule that just absolutely loves swinging off the pole but they're not the sort of woman that that you want to uh engage no. or or certainly in, in encounter a, a sexual experience with no and no. uh and going back to the incels being branded as women haters you've you've stated you love women. You enjoy their company. You enjoyed speaking to them uh, on sports day. Mm. You speak very well of your mum. You just touch base about your nan. She had a lovely face. She was old school. Mm. So there's there's only love for women. So you yeah. love women. You respect them. You yeah. enjoy their company. I do. I think so, they're, they're brilliant um, in the fact that they, have it, uh, they do have it harder than men as well because uh, growing up seeing, uh, you know, my mum was pregnant f- well she had four of us so it seems she was always pregnant and the fact is is that she went through a lot to to get us here then my sisters who were growing up they went through a lot of changes when they become a you know from a girl to a woman um and now uh, when you get to dating age i mean look how much effort a woman puts in to a night out uh, a date, for instance. Let's go with a date. They met someone online, and they're having a. They're going for a date. They're going for dinner or a drink. They spend hours getting ready, not because they need to, because they got to cover up a lot and put on a, a fake sort of image. But it's just they. They. That's what they do. They got to choose the outfit. They're probably doing that two days out. The guy comes home from work. Got a date tonight. He has a shower, a, a shave sometimes. And uh, throws on the jeans, uh, shirt, white trainers, and off he goes. And uh, that's that's him done. And she's made all this effort. Mm. And uh, they they go through a lot. Women do. Uh, the, the, then they get judged by the guy because the guy's going on looks all the time. And so they they've got to feel like they look like that. You know, look their best. Um, often to be just thoroughly let down. And some of them. Uh, or they've develops into a relationship 
where they're treated badly and they just go with it. And it, yeah, it defies me. Um, I've they, always they, thought that. They accept it as, as the norm. And yeah. the pressure for women, although equal measures, there's now extreme pressure on men. Well, Social yeah. media, you're, you're looking at airbrushed, filtered pictures, morning, noon and night, on your news feed, which is yeah. why it's very careful who you follow. If someone, you know, and a lot of time you're looking at people for inspiration, actually they're just deflating you and, and demotivating you because mm. you're never going to be that person because even the person that's inspiring you they're portraying themselves as something they're not even. They're, no, you it's can't. all a load. It's all a fagazi. It's, it's all nonsense. It's, so, built, it's built on sand. Mm, it's yeah, built, completely. Yes, it's, it's all. Uh, yeah, it's, there's so much bollocks out there. There's so much false information, and there's so many people pretending to be something they're not to impress other people, and now inspire other people, and now monetize their account from pretending to be something they're not. I mean, fucking hell. I mean, no, no wonder mental health is completely and utterly off the off the chart. Very but, much. Going back to going back to you, so you've grown up in a house where there's men and women. So you've seen the hormonal change. You've been around your sisters when they started puberty and they, they, their period started, and so there'd be mood swings and there'd be mm. monthly cycles. And your mum and dad are together. So you've and you've got a very good grasp of females. Fully you, rounded. And, and, mm. and you also you admire, respect, and acknowledge, and you appreciate females. You can tell yeah. you you just you just rattled off, you know, the effort they make to go out on a date. So it's not like you're completely oblivious to the female uh, species, which why it baffles me that <laughs> it's the it's the confidence from from it stems from somewhere, and of course, then you beat yourself up, which I did. I was always uh, okay. I was okay academically, yes, but then again, it's the same with every child is good in something. I was good in history. I wish I was better at maths, and I used to beat myself up about maths not being good at this and not being good at that. And then say back in the old days, teachers would, for Christ's sake, how many times do I have to show you? That's how they could be back then. Mm. You know. Well, you uh, couldn't say that now. No, they could do. They could do it then. <laughs> or they'd get frustrated. Mm. Um, and and so you get your confidence knocked. And uh, I would say that, uh, yes, just the reason I, I am uh, still the way I am Stems stems from that, and I think for anyone listening here, is the same thing. Is that you? If I can say the most important thing today would be look after yourself, find one thing that you're interested in or that makes you happy, providing it's legal, uh, and doing you some good is is find something that you're good at. Everyone can do it. Uh, get on the internet, research a hobby research something and then that would be a step forward to build your confidence to build your confidence if i'd done if i'd had youtube uh google back in the day i would have been uh a lot more confident in certain things maybe um uh but i had hobbies i had hobbies that were i was always quite good at physical things like the sports and you was good at shot put Shop at Discus, still hold a record in East Grinstead, uh, I think under 17s or something. But it's just, yeah, we're physically fine. Never a big team player. Not that I was a loner. It's just that I wanted to prove things to myself. Hence, 
as soon as I could get in the oh, oh well, as soon as I was allowed weights, which is why I put bags, uh, books in my bag because I wasn't allowed to go and buy weights. I've never, ever, I've <laughs> never ever, and I tell people that story. A friend of mine, he was so into bodybuilding oh, yeah. that he used to put hardback books in his in his hodel to make it heavier. Yeah, and then when I got to thirteen, off on Saturday morning, I'd saved up enough. Parents, bless them, you know, very hand to mouth. We didn't have anything. I had to buy it myself. Went and bought a thirty-two kilogram set. Trained at home after school, get the bench out, get it all out, pack it all away. Mum was very sort of patient with that. Um, but I was okay at it and I, I stuck at it. You see, when I get a hobby, I stick to it. I don't down, dance around. Well, you was, when we was younger, you were the best weightlifter, bodybuilder, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. I mean, you, yeah. you, never, you never went to compete and you, you never no. took steroids even in the gym where everyone else has taken them. No. You stayed no. clean, but you stayed in shape and you was yeah. you was bigger and more defined than than anybody else. So you're also dedicated. When you commit to something, you yeah. you, you, you hyper-focus and you get stuck into it. I would say that that's a, a, probably a trait of someone who's a bit of an introvert. Uh, again, maybe the Sigma uh, touch. But I would say that uh, this is guessing, but any other... Uh, male or female that's like me out there that they probably are quite when they're into something they're into it because they don't have any distractions you see I don't have a distraction of well we've got to go out so and so tonight we're having dinner with so and so or I'm going on a date absolutely petrified I would be of uh, going on a uh, having a date night or going on serial dates it would just be so I focus on other things Fortunately, nowadays my work is is, is antisocial antisocial hours, but I love my work, um, so I'm out working. Whereas normally uh, you you'd be out, uh, I'd I'd be sitting at home, and that's where it would play on your mind. Mm. Um, but don't get me wrong, I I think love's an important thing there. So we've uh, I I love women. I think they're beautiful creatures, although creatures not a beautiful a beautiful creation. Um, and there's nothing I like more than seeing uh, where I, you know, I clean offices and, and shops and so, so forth, is in our town, is on a Friday night especially, you see couples going out eating together and walking along and holding hands, and and I love that, and sometimes it does make me just stop and have a have a thoughtful moment, you, you know, why, where have I gone wrong? It must be, I mean, A, it must be very, very hard, and it must feel very lonely without intimacy in your life. And people that can relate will relate and they will feel that stabbing wound yeah. that, that's always there, no doubt. But also people out there that are in a relationship with a partner that loves them, that caresses them, that strokes their head at night to get them to sleep. It's important that they also take something from this podcast, like not to take that for granted because there's someone out there that would give their right arm to be in your yeah. shoes to get their head stroked just to have a cuddle just to have someone make them a cup of tea just to have someone ask them how they are in the morning and I think so many so many couples are out there clashing and arguing over trivial things that don't really matter when really they're utterly blessed to have each other that's a Dan that's such a, a good point because you so often see uh, people out there that are maybe in a relationship, but you can, uh, from knowing them or seeing it before, you know it's not quite right. They're one person's always putting in more than the, than the other, and one of them doesn't know how good they've got it. 
Right? What, what's the mm. saying? You don't know what you've got until it's gone. Well, mm. I've never had that. Uh, we're not just talking about the sex, but it's just the f- the connection. Well, I, I have loved. Uh, that's the I have loved. So I know how that feels. Um, and you, but it stopped at a certain level, you know, it's on a friendship level. You couldn't escalate it to an intimate level. That's the thing is, yeah, it's never moved on. But then I would, that's all you need is that snippet there. And you see, you know, whether you've been married 50 years or just started dating, that is, the, the, that's all you need is that little moment. And that, that taste of love that you've had, and we, we won't go into the, the individual, but we can confirm that you have been in love with somebody. Oh, so yeah. the fact that you felt that love and that warmth and that connection at the time, even though there was no sex involved, does that give you does that give you the desire to search for love and intimacy e- even more so because you know that it's just it's there. It's within touching distance. Yeah, I mean it does, but it put you off for a long time because you just got you know, it wasn't anyone's it fault. It it hurts and and I think anyone who it doesn't matter if you're um celibate or uh married or in a relationship it, it, love is such a, a dangerous thing it's a powerful thing it it's i think i said to someone once i can't believe that something that's meant to be so nice can be so painful well there's somebody that we went to school that i won't mention his name and we're both very fond of him and you may or may not know this but years ago, he pulled it. He's got a fabulous physique as well. Really looks after himself. Really, yeah. really, really good guy. And he pulled up his top one day and he had a tattoo. And I'm talking a massive, great tattoo emblazoned all across his waist right. in letters that big. And it read, love is pain. Right. And at the time, because we were very young, old enough to have a tattoo, but still, you know, we're... we're well, how old were we? We're, we're 43 now, so even when someone's 18, 19, 20, that yeah. still seems young to me. Yeah. And I couldn't really understand what he meant at the time. No. Love is pain. And it was only when I laid with my nan as she laid there motionless at, at when she'd passed and we were waiting for the coroner to get there yeah. that I realised that love is pain. Mm. And then, you know, when there's been times I've, well, there's been one time in particular, which I won't go into, where my heart felt like it was completely shattered, uh, where I, I thought I'd lost somebody else. And that reaffirmed that love is pain and, you know, a bereavement you can't help. Mm-hmm. But if you have got love, it really isn't worth risking losing that out of stubbornness or ego or, or whatever reason, because that, lo- that, that warm, fluffy, lovey-dovey feeling can soon turn to irreversible pain that you could possibly never, ever recover from. So no. nurture your relationships, nurture the, yeah. the people that you love and fucking tell them and just put say sorry sometimes. Diffuse yeah. a situation that could lead to, to to terrible, tremendous pain. Well, that's what I would say to anyone uh, who, who's in my position is to, if they got family, which they, most of them have, or a, a friend, a uh, man or woman, you know, a mate, is is have them around and keep them around, but uh, when you're feeling down and bad, and you, if you haven't said anything about it yet, and you're feeling, you know, they love you because they're your your family or you're a friend. On that level, talk to them. I would say I did, and it helped me with 
the pain I had was to, I remember the first person I told and I was 33 years old and a uh, great person and I told them uh, exactly and I, I, I couldn't say the word. I just could not say the word. Which which word? The, the virgin. I just could not say it. I, I still have trouble. Um, she finished it for me and bless her, she never judged. She went urging. no i mean it was uh i was going for a bad patch and i was just it was it's funny because at that age it to my 20s yeah it was on your mind but it never really had much of an impact you're busy you're you're going out you're you're finding your feet in work you're finding your way in life still um and i had enough to to keep me busy but friends started getting married couple moved away work etc I did start to feel a bit like I was on my own. Um, and uh, the, and when I got to 30, it, it hit. It was almost like a, an alarm. It suddenly hit. 30, oh, mm. bang. A bit like a female's body clock. If they've not had a baby, it's like, shit, time is ticking. Uh, yeah, another another thing I respect women for is that they, they've got a clock we haven't. And so, you know, that's 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 another pressure. But Well, I have you know in this day and age, Stephen, that there's a fair few females with a clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, well, and it's being rammed down our throats as yeah, well. Yeah, let's hope that I don't uh, don't come across that. But no, it's uh, it, it it is. Um, yeah, so the word word was difficult before you were thirty, Steve. So thirty three, you, you you spoke about this to some yeah. to, to somebody. So you, you I was going to say come out the closet, but that'd be a terrible phrase. <laughs> you 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 uh, you opened up. Yeah. about your celibacy. Before you was 30, even we can go back to six years of age, you were, you were paralysed with nervousness, anxiety, and that carried on, it sounds to me, throughout school. When yeah. we met when I was 10, I would never have noticed it. I just thought you was a grafter, a family man, uh, loyal to your own. I had massive respect for that. Uh, my nan was very fond of you as well, and yeah. she, she was the love of my life. So that, that brings a nice connection for, for the two of us. And then secondary school, you was very sporty, uh, very clever. You, you was always the, my, my clever friend because obviously I'm academically uh, I was shit. In fact, I don't even know. I'll tell you how I got through school. I got through school by having a fucking good laugh. I mean, I had a whale of a time every day. But was there, is there any particular moments in time before, before you fell in love? Was there any moments that you can remember and pinpoint because you've got a photographic memory where you was rejected by somebody? Quite often, yeah. Talk um, to me about rejection. The rejection was, um, and it was never in a bad way. It was never in a bad way. It was uh, never an old like, no, you know, not interested in you, for Christ's sake. It was, it was always a nice letdown because I chose the nice girls to ask, I guess. And it was, uh, it was always... Um, because I didn't actually ask anyone out until I was probably early twenties. So, you know, they'd been around, um, I wouldn't say around the block, but they'd, they'd had relationships and experience the thing, but you'd get, you'd find you get the similar excuses on the couple of times that I did ask that it would be, well, I'm not quite ready. You know, one I liked who had just come out of a, uh, a relationship they'd had since they were about 18 and she was in early twenties. She was like, I'm not really ready for a relationship. And then the next thing you turn your back and she's in a relationship, mm. you know. So that that hit, that did nothing for my confidence and made me look at what I'd done wrong. 
And another time it was um, just, a, you know, I, I, I'm not really interested in, in a relationship at the moment. And, it, and she wasn't and she didn't. But then you see them move on and uh, I did, didn't see her anymore but uh, because she moved away, but that was fine. And um, rejection only slammed me down. And I reckon it's probably the same for anyone listening and seeing, watching this, is that you you have those uh, setbacks and I would kind of go back into my, under my rock for a bit, under, uh, it, what's the word, back into my own little bubble. Yeah. To and just carry on the way I was with my friends, my hobbies, my work, and it would take a long time to come back again. So you're talking periods of three or four years here before I'd even maybe ask someone else if they'd like to go for a drink or show an interest. Um, oh well, so when so so when you got rejected, that knocked you for six. Just oh, badly. One, yeah. one rejection knocked your confidence for six. Yes, it did because I uh, did everything I thought was right. I did it the right way. And probably spent most of those, that period in between, scratching my head, thinking, what did I do uh, wrong? Uh, How do I change this? But then, of course, you are who who you are. And if you're a quiet, fairly nervous person or, uh, you know, uh, just a bit low key, it's difficult to go out there and Mm. and, and attract the attention of people. of somebody or so you 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 didn't practice hard enough you didn't you didn't train hard enough because if david beckham was to practice three kicks once every three years he wouldn't make the squad no and so by you taking rejection as as heavy as you did yeah. and affecting you the way it did you then went back in under your rock into your own bubble and, and yeah. you know and, and then didn't approach anybody else again for three years the longer you leave something the bigger it becomes and all of yeah. a sudden it becomes a thing yeah, and it may not have been a thing if you'd have just gone. Okay, right, fair enough. Next, next, like a door-to-door salesman. And sometimes, certainly when we were younger, you you would treat uh, going out on the pool as as a numbers game. Yeah, because when you're eighteen, you're not looking for a soulmate. No. You know, you're looking for someone to go home and roll around with. Yeah. But you had old school. You was well, an old. You was old before your time. Yeah, so that's you, the trouble, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's the trouble. Is that you? I was looking at it. I mean, when I was at school. Uh, secondary school, I remember I fancied someone who was in sixth form and I was only um, 14, I think, or 13 or 14. And uh, I liked older women for years. You know, I know a lot of young guys, it's a kind of trophy. You know, you go for an older woman, see one. And, and sometimes I did manage to go out and pull an older woman, but that's all it was during that time in that n- nightclub or the bar i never went any further but yeah the certainly there's that aspect is uh, a bit older before my years so maybe i was punching above my weight with the, the women i asked uh, well, uh, or may- maybe you was taking a different approach because an 18 year old woman at the time were used to a stereotypical 18 year old bloke hello darling how you doing fucking get your coat you've pulled we're going back yeah. to my house and i'm gonna you know Tell them how great they are in the sack, yeah. and they're used to they're used to words like that. Whereas you know you're coming to approach, hello sweetheart. I'm you know I must say you look tremendously well tonight. Yeah. You know, would you, do, do, do you fancy a do you fancy a drink? <laughs> it was it was, like, it was. They'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it was definitely very much like, would you like to go out for a drink tonight, and uh, or would you meet up sometime? It was it was done the right way. Uh, no. No, it was so old school. It was cringe worthy. It was no, I can't do the whole uh, sweetheart thing. I, I've, I still can't. There's only one 
one lady that I, lady that I had the love for, uh, that I loved is, it's the only person I've ever, the only woman I've ever called love or uh, sweetheart or poppet. I can't do that with anyone. I haven't done that with anyone since, and I just I didn't before. Um, well, pet, pet names are they're intimate. Well, that's it, and uh, and I mean it was a, a friendship, but yeah, it just I mean you call your your, your mum sometimes calls you poppet, or it certainly did back in the day. It was a phrase used a lot, but. Uh, uh, you say to even your female friends, other female friends, go, oh, I love her, sweetheart. I just can't do that for, I can't do it. And I, and I uh, had a bad, you know, you love someone and then it, it's not right and it, and nothing happens. It just jolted me so bad. I can't use that. I won't use that phrase again. So, yeah. No, well, say, save the phrase for someone that where the love is reciprocated and by then – It'll be a new phrase because they remind you of something else. Maybe not yeah. pop it. They might. They might may remind you of a sunset or I don't know. Yeah, the the beach you fucked trying to got sand under your foreskin. <laughs> Who knows? You might call her Sandy. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a, yeah. I mean, it's it's but it's all in the it's all in the mind. It's just you know what you've got to do, and you know it doesn't matter what sort of personality you are you are. You know you what you've got to do, and that's where. The guys and girls out there who are in my position, they probably know that. So you sort of hit a ceiling. It's like, yeah, I know what I've got to do. It's just, it's just. I mean, I've horse, uh, I horse ride, did horse ride, I mowed horse, played a bit of polo, uh, mortar stick and board and games. But I was out there charging about. Uh, and you get a lot of women around horses, didn't you? Yeah, you know, and it's a it's a dangerous game. I didn't give a, I didn't give a shit about the danger side of anything. Like I've been rock climbing, I've abseiled off the side of things for charity. Um, very little thought for my own safety. So bravery is there for that. Uh, and women like danger. Yeah. But as for walking up to somebody asking, you might as well have just asked me to, to jump out of an airplane without a parachute. It's just, I don't know, it's just a fear factor comes over. Okay, so the thought of approaching a woman and engaging in flirtation yeah because it has to start somewhere oh. you can't just walk up to a stranger and say my name's Stephen. fancy a bit of sex they think you're <laughs> no. a fucking madman and you get arrested yeah so you have you've got to introduce yourself yeah. you've got to read the body language you've got to make the eye contact you've got to make that linger you've got to say sort of semi uh personal things then you've got to flirt i mean there's a fucking great big process to it or it's not it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination no. and uh i certainly wouldn't want to go through that again i'm very happy that i'm with somebody i love and i haven't <laughs> ever got to go and do that nonsense again it scares me yeah i mean it, it makes me feel nervous yeah. so imagine trying to go and yeah do what we did there when there's probably a bunch of other guys after the same girl and you know it's almost ah. uh, that's and I, i'm kind of glad that and i would say it's again uh, uh, it, if it's inspirational or makes your day better think of this is that we're at an age if you are an older virgin is that we're at an age where a lot of water's gone under the bridge for a lot of people they've had the dramas they've had the upsets they've had the children uh, been treated badly hit around whatever a lot of that for them by this age is gone and they are really looking for somebody that's that is going to be 
uh, steady Eddie. St- well, steady, secure, uh, secure. Whether man or woman, appreciate your time together. And you know, I've seen people that are remarried when they're fifty. Uh, re- yeah, remarried once, maybe sometimes twice, but it's definitely once. And they're happier the second time round. It's all a little bit more relaxed, and uh, life. They realise life's too short to be going through what they maybe have done before. Mm. And I would never have. A, I never wanted that to happen in the first place. I couldn't. My parents didn't yell and bawl at each other, and used to play fight on the on a Sunday afternoon if we're in the garden. My dad throw her in the paddling pool. It was kind of fun like that, and that's how I saw things panning out, and that's how I tried to start from the very start with a when you approached someone, you know, with that maybe I was planning ahead too much, and and that's the thing you can almost script it, try and script it. Back, I think back, yeah, back in the day, your approach was it was a generation out. Yeah, even then we yeah. were even when we were that age, uh, you know, eighteen, nineteen. Well, it was 20. We, was, we was more like thirty, weren't we? Yeah, and and it was totally different then. Even we didn't have a girl would when you when you were chatting to, to women that you would dance together, you would have a, a chat, and a conversation would last longer than twenty seconds before they and they didn't have a phone to look at, mm. so they were looking at you, uh, and also from that inside here came. Uh, you know, feelings, emotions, but proper, more genuine, authentic ones, ones. Yeah, authentic, yeah, yeah organic, yeah. organic emotions that you could feel that would permeate between the two of you, and you, you you could feel it in your chest. So, being an incel doesn't mean you're doesn't mean you're asexual, and you you know you you don't want to do no. it. Like you, so let's just get one thing clear: you are at a stage in your life now where you're looking for sex and love and companionship. You're not. They all go together. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not a virgin because you don't like sex. So no. Let's talk about sexual urges. So the the female that you that you fell in love with. Did you lust after her? Did you desire after her? No, because um, the thing is, it's you know. Well, the thought the thought of ripping her clothes off and putting your cock inside her never crossed your mind. No, it's because. When you've grown to know someone before you fall in love, which happened, you don't see, I couldn't possibly, I would have felt terrible thinking that in the first instance because it almost uh, insulted them. Uh, I mean, you know, when you think something in your mind, no one else knows what you're thinking, although, uh, and I just didn't. Would you, was, okay, would, would you find it insulting if a female looked at you and thought, I'd like him inside me. Would you find that insulting? Would you find it flattering? Um, yeah, flattering. Yeah, definitely flattering. But I, I guess that, um, again, it comes down to the how you are as a person, maybe your upbringing to a point. You know, I, I kept – and love to me is – love and lust, as we know, are two totally different totally different things so i think the the, the thing is when i felt, I felt love is is that it came along uh it sounds like before that it sounds like it it wasn't the kind of love that a would have lasted or b was an actual love at all 
Um, because if you re- if you love a, if you really really love a female, you want to be intimate with them. You want to lay inside them and 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 fill them there. So that you you want to be as close to them as humanly possible. Yeah, I and guess you don't you don't get closer than being inside somebody. No, so I suppose what I'm trying to find out is yes, I guess what, I'm, I'm, to answer your question. Yeah, I'm trying to work yeah. out your sexual desires. Do you, do, you oh. walk, do you walk the world not wanting to have sex? Doesn't or are you waiting for the right person? Or do you do you wake Wait. up in the morning with an erection and think I'd like to have sex? No, you know I work pretty. I function. I'm a healthy male, red-blooded male. That's the best way to describe that. So you're ready to fuck. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, that that's the thing is that I had. I guess as we going back, I started developing quite young, and so that probably that's probably where I was looking at. The, you know, you'd see older girls. What do you mean uh, developing young? Cause... Well, develop like we said about. I started puberty quite young and so oh sorry developing yeah 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 physically physically, totally yeah yeah yeah. so so there um from that uh yeah i started i was more attracted i never gave anyone who was up until the age of 15 my own age i never gave them the time of day uh like that but yeah it's so the urges have been there okay you know what it's all about um, that's what I'm trying to ascertain. No. Are your sexual urges there? Do you look at yeah. somebody that you're attracted to and you think, oh, I would like to slide inside you? That's a confusion with incel and uh, and sometimes sexuality is you get you do get these is it you say a asexual where they're not interested. Just not interested. Yeah, I mean You're not asexual. Not asexual at all. No. So it goes back to the whole mystifying thing of why I'm sitting here now talking about this is that yeah, I could keep it to myself. But I'm not on here for myself particularly. It's just the whole trapped feeling that you get, and I'm sure that the others, you know, other people in my community get, of just having urges. So you have the desire. You have the desire. And if, you know, and isn't it, a, it's a bad thing when you've, like we have a desire to, um, to, to love, to go on holiday. We have a desire to have a, a good job. All those things, you know, I mean, I can do that. I've done that. I've, I have a desire to have my own place. I, I've, I've just done that. Which you now have. And, and that, um, they're not easy things to obtain, really, especially this day and age. The, 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 the buying your own place was a tough thing. Starting your own business. Uh, yes, but. As you know. You've done, a, you've done a lot of things that are very, very, very respectable and admirable. And you. You tick a lot of boxes for what a woman a woman wants a man who's accountable, yeah. that's reliable, that's affectionate, that's loyal, that holds their own, that's, that 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 provides, that strives. I mean, you you tick all the boxes, yeah. and you're a gentleman. So, I don't think it's going to be long until your you your desires are fulfilled. No, and, and they're going to be a, they're going to be a lucky woman because I'd imagine that when you do fall in love and you slip inside the right human being and you connect at that level that you've never experienced before, I'd imagine you're going to love harder than most men will love because it's just going to be so organic and, well, it's going to be special. It is, and 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 you and I, I'm aware that I need to be careful at the same time in the fact that you can shower someone with feelings and, and love too much, which, you know, I've probably been guilty of in the past. It's whether you... Um, because you think it's the right thing to do um, or they're going through a bad time or have just been dumped by their boyfriend, whatever, and you... You, you, you want to come across as the knight in shining armour. But it's it's not. You've got to be steady. So what I've learned and what I want to carry forward, and I think this is important for any listeners, the, the same, is just that you've just stepped back a bit 
Because when you're so full on, whether it's for this, you know, when you like someone and you want to show them that how much you feel for them or like them or love, you know, uh, want to be with them, is is, is so you, your mind gets flustered, you get flustered and you just end up being over the top. And that's the same with, with anything. If you're trying too hard in a sport, you can actually take steps backward where you're trying so hard that you is is actually being as uh, having a negative impact mm. where you wear yourself out physically you're not on form i've worn myself out mentally through this and it oh, is knackering it's, it is knackering and uh, people can relate it it wears you out far more than any physical activity where because it never goes away when you're feeling bad it never goes away and what tell me tell me how you feel being a virgin is there i'm not putting words in your mouth i'm just to give you an example of what i'm what i'm what i'm actually saying does it make you feel sad does it make you feel ashamed does it make you feel lonely does it make you feel like you failed like how does it actually intrinsically make you feel knowing that you've never made love to a woman it makes me feel sad because i know i've got uh, something well something i'd like to give as in the, the the whole relationship thing which goes with sex as eventually but it's just, I don't feel rejected. I don't feel bitter. I just look at myself and think, well... That is such a great thing to say. Well, yeah, I mean, it has to be because that guy that committed that crime, he was all these other things as well as a virgin, but just um, took it a step too far. And I think a lot of that was uh, already there, but with a little push from social media. Um, but I just, uh, the wrong social media, but... I just feel, I do feel sad and uh, it's so easy to sit down, you know, and whack Simon and Garfunkel on and sit there feeling sorry for yourself. Which uh, song would be your go-to? My go-to song for, for when I feel sad. With Simon and Garfunkel. It is. Uh, it's on the second. It's a, for a song for, I think it's Emily, for wherever I can find her. And it's only about two minutes something long, very short. But anyone who I defy anyone to listen to that and not feel something or feel a bit sad, and I can't put that on without a tear rolling down my cheek. Really, yeah, I go, I go to bright eyes. Oh, do yeah, yeah. That was on. Yeah, I haven't got that on my own. That's that's, powerful. But you listen to that, and of course, uh, my mum. I grew up with Simon and Garfunkel. Neil Neil Diamond's uh, "What a Beautiful Noise." You see, that was an early memory. And when I'm feeling uh, uh, bad, so sad. You That's put that what, on. I'll go back. I'll go back to those days, you know. And uh, yeah, Simon and Garfunkel. I listened to that, and when I was going through a really bad time, feeling lovesick and uh, down, yeah, you, you listen to it uh, for the wrong reasons, maybe. But you, you're listening to it. But I, it, it's so easy to go back to your childhood and a safe place. And there you go. That's where I was when I when I get rejected. Uh, you just sort of shut yourself away again. So every time you get rejected, it, re- it reduces you to you feel like a lonely, scared child again. You feel, yeah, I mean, not not in, not in a pathetic way, but you just, it's easy just to shut. And I know married men that shut themselves away and want a bit of time, but I just shut myself, I don't shut myself away. I just, you know, it's easy on a Sunday where I can just be at home on my own now. Do you know what? I'll tell you something. There is nothing pathetic about feeling vulnerable, lonely, scared, Nothing pathetic about that at all because no. 
everybody feels like that, everybody. but not everybody will own up to it. So it's a sign of strength if you can put your hands up and say, hey, I'm struggling mm. and I'm feeling vulnerable because men don't want to show that because they feel they've got so much responsibility to be macho, to keep everybody else safe and secure that they, they forget about themselves. And it's important to let your crew know, hey, I'll take a bullet for you guys. I'm here for everybody and I will... I will be the one on the front line. And if a burglar ever comes in this house, I'm going to be the one to fuck him up. Mm. But I'm still vulnerable at times. Yeah, that's Acknowledge exactly. that. I'm not bulletproof. I'm still human. And as much as I'm here to look after you, just give me some support as well. You see, I feel exactly the same. I mean, I'm not short on the bravery stakes, I wouldn't say. Like my dad, who's a this very... This is brave. <laughs> yes, brave. This is brave. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's something. And uh, my dad's very... Well, very similar, actually. He, he was never a, He never had a lot of relationships before he met mum. He was married before uh, for a short time to someone else. But he doesn't walk around giving it the big one. He's not uh, got the whole presence, but he's one of the toughest guys you'd ever meet. He's 75. He still works outside cutting trees and splitting up logs. He's, uh, That's a man. He's, he went through cancer. There was no logging it on social media. There was no – he doesn't know how to do that anyway – but there was no big emotional scenes. It was, I'm here, I've got this. Oh, my. The first thing he said was, I better get my affairs in order because he was prepared to go. Mm. So the bravery there, I mean, we the courage, yes, I suppose I'm courageous in certain ways. I'd certainly step in when there was someone in, in trouble or in, in danger, whether it's from someone else or a situation. So there's not short on not short on that. Um, so your dad passed on some real, some real good morals and ethics and traits. Definitely. So he's so your dad's not the sort of man that gets regular sunbeds, has manicures, and calls in sick on a Monday because he's got a headache. Never, uh, never had any of that. No, uh, <laughs> and, and I because I, I see a lot of men like that now. Yeah, I mean, you see them now; they ponce around. Okay, um, a fine example, let's say, is that he's always the first one out and always was. When it snowed, digging the hill, you know where I am, and there's a bloody hills everywhere. And he was the first one. And out you're right at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, I am now. Yeah, and uh, and he always the first one out there digging. He'd do all the the people's paths outside their house for them. He'd be, where's everybody else? You walk up to us. We they're in the sunbed shop getting a manicure, or in, they're in a coffee shop. Uh, they, they, you know, dressed in their best uh, burghouse or something like that. They're just uh, well nowadays. Most men are out dressed uh, dressed in their dress. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is, uh, is there we went up the coffee shop after we'd done our job. You earned or, the coffee. Or, uh, we we earned the coffee. We went up there, and what do you see? You see all the you see some of the local celebrities or the the the, the tough nuts, if you like, sitting there warm and cosy, waiting for the snow to thaw. I, you know, it's just uh, that I wasn't brought up like that. It was all uh, right. We better get up. We better get, we better get up early because on the forecast last night we said there was going to be snow tonight. And it's already started. Let's plan. Let's set our alarm a bit earlier and get up and get out of here. And that's the same with him through through life doing doing and, stuff. And that's the same with you. And I think your traditional old school mentality is going to be a turn on for a lot of females out there. Uh, hopefully, by this point in life, I mean you know now as like we said, hopefully by this point in the podcast, they're queuing up. <laughs> I, said, I, can, I, can, I can hear them pulling up outside. There they are. <laughs> no, the fact is, is that it's just you should 
come out naturally in a guy. I think uh, that's just just me, maybe. But it's just it should come out naturally, being like that. And um, and and believe me, I'm all for women uh, taking on guys' roles in jobs, sport. We see him right. They should lay the bricks. Uh, they they can. I've seen. I know a woman tree surgeon, a lady tree surgeon. And she is worth every penny, and she gets paid the same as guys. Uh, she she's worth every penny of what she she does, and 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 it's a tough job. I've done it uh, for a number of uh, for a period of time in forestry with my father before. I know how tough it is. And I work with ladies from the from the war generation that used to come. We used to employ the local women. They'd come along and all wear their. It must have been some shop they all went to. My nan too, bless her. Wear a pinny, mm-hmm. you know, a checkered pinny. Some when it started raining, they'd have the the thing that the queen used to wear. You know, like a kind of see through kind of mac. They turn up wearing a crown. Yeah, no. <laughs> but they and they get stuck in doing doing work, and they would outwork some men. Uh, so I'm all for the, for that. But does, that t- does that turn you on? See, seeing a female rolling up her sleeves, getting stuck in, is that a turn on for you? Um, not, what what uh, does turn you on uh, sexually? For, for sexually, or yeah, just from a woman? Does, yeah. I mean, are, would you are you are you physically attracted to women? Are you sapiosexual? Are you are you stimulated via? Does, does a female's intellect make your fucking make your cock twitch? What turns? I prefer you on? them with their clothes on when I see uh, when I see them. As in, uh, you, I don't go looking for it online or magazines naked. I think you know, like we said, they make an effort, even if they're going to take the kids to school. Especially now, it seems to be like a whole thing. But what turns you on? How they look, how they've looked after themselves, the pride they take in themselves. And the caring side of it. Now they they have a tough job to do, but they also they're seeing them caring with their kids. You know, they they it's the whole the, the mothering. I don't want to be mothered, but uh, oh, the, we all do. Well, yeah, we yes, all want to, don't. And not, I think they enjoy uh, joy doing mothering. So, mothering, yeah. So, um, but turns me on is I quite like curvy women actually and uh, healthy looking. You know, um, I went to America and see my uncle in, in Los Angeles and I, I hired, uh, you know, the, the sort of car that you hire when you go to California. And I, I went shopping with my auntie out there and got chatting to the sales assistant. And we, I said, I'm staying for a week. Can we grab a coffee or something? And she had a, she, quite a, 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 a well-built face. You know, I'm trying to think of a, somebody that's... that's uh, Handsome. Yeah, she she was healthy. She was. Uh, Are you being polite, Stephen? No, I would say she's probably a size twelve. But then women change from a twelve up here to bigger down there, don't they? It's a, um, she was curvy, long blonde hair. Uh, she didn't have any tattoos. She had the, the sort of uh, Californian tan. Um, very caring. Because she had a younger brother, she had to look after. Um, so you, en- so you engaged in conversation, and you and you learned about her. You learned, yeah, to her. yeah, because that was what. I, well, well, I wasn't out there to. I didn't want to. Well, yeah, I would have done if the situation arose, but I didn't go out on a coffee with her to sleep with her. But yeah, it was just engaging with uh, with her and listening to her side of things. What so was- you like blonde, curvaceous, caring older women. Yeah, or maybe young ones. Now I'm getting older. I don't know, but it's yeah. just. But it's certainly, certainly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not into. Uh, 
It's funny, you don't even have a specific a specific type, but that's the type that whenever anyone says, have you got a type, it sort of comes there. Have you ever thought to yourself, this is the sort of, this is the sort of female that I'm attracted to, that I lust after? Yeah. So you, yeah. you, you, and, and is you, that what, is that the, the sort of woman that you've just painted to me, the, the Californian, the blonde hair, the curvaceousness? Yeah, but in this country, I mean, you see them, you, you, you see some celebrities that are quite a healthy, uh, a healthy weight. I don't, I don't mean fat. I don't, uh, but they just... You're not, you, you don't, you don't, you don't yeah. like it. You don't like them stick thin. No, not stick thin, and obviously, I don't. Uh, you know, obesity's. Uh, uh, some people can help, and some people have to, have to fight it. And that must be such a tough thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I someone that looks after themselves in a physical sense, eat, eating, making an effort uh, to eat, eat right. Uh, because if you're looking after yourself, they have got to look after their family. And just uh, just respect for yourself is uh, is I guess the word I'm looking for because so you're really so you're respect for yourself. You're, you're more sexually aroused by the by the by the actual the personality traits as opposed to the physical appearance. No, I look at it. I look at their ass. Let's oh. let's, let's face it. Now we're it, getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I mean you I'm do. I'm prizing it out here. Yeah, well, it's just a. Uh, this whole innocence thing, isn't it? It's just, am I, you know, I don't want to come across as arrogant or a bit of a, a pervert. But, yeah, we all look. I mean, women look at men, don't they? They say that the women first look at their men's men's crutch area or something is the first thing a woman looks I'll at. I have to ask my missus, what, uh, yeah. did you, what did you notice first about me, babe? Was it my huge cock draped down the inside of my shorts? Oh, I didn't thank you for that bag of peas down there. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's just a... Just a yeah, the, 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 I do. Yeah, you look at someone and think, oh, you know, nice. And I think they they would be quite take uh, thankful for it. Not thankful. That sounds desperate. It but depends how you how you let them know. They appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, and I I have done that with with ladies that paid, I, paid them a compliment. Paid them a compliment. People they've already you know with someone if we're at a a, a wedding or a, a do. And you just say, uh, even it's even happened down the gym, you know, some time back. But you see them, I say, I think, I, th- I think they look great. Can on I you. just confirm before we go any further about the huge cock joke? That that was a. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't want to pretend I, I've got something that I haven't. It's, uh, no, no, it, it's, it's average at best. And uh, I could see it was playing on your mind. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah, I, I can't be putting out on the internet. I've got a huge cock because I'm known for my honesty, and that that would just be totally wrong. So <laughs> no, yeah, no. average at best, and it belongs to somebody. Yeah, it's it's not what you got. It's how you use it, isn't it? They say is that's that's that's, 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 that's a, one thing. It's a fucking good job. That's the case. But um, no, it's, and we need to get you using yours. Well, yeah, More I mean, every, like I say, everything everything works, and uh, that's uh, that's one of the things is when you you're getting since especially since I hit forty, what nearly four years ago, and that's when I was really feeling bad. Um, I wasn't feeling great physically. I think I had. I was a bit run down with work was the main thing. And obviously the, the feelings I had were, were wearing me out. Um, so I, I guess at, at 40 since then, it's, it's kind of plays on your mind a lot more. Uh, Do you watch porn? I have done, but I'll be totally honest since uh, it wasn't, it's, ne- it's never been very often. I don't feel good. Doesn't well, it, make you feel well, good. It doesn't make you feel no, good. No, it, it's, uh, it's especially if it's something that's that you that that's lacking in your life. Just when you think about it, and just very quickly, did you masturbate whilst watching porn? I think I have. I have done. That, uh, yeah, I mean, why else are we? Well, a question for every lad out there is why? Why do you watch it? You know, it's a sense of 
relief. You don't just watch it just to sit there. No one sits there watching a full-length movie of it, I'm sure, without doing anything um, physically, uh, I can't say. And, and I don't see the point in watching it at all, uh, really. But, but we're guys, whether you're like me or a, a bloody stud, Whatever I mean, the worst offenders. You have you call, got studly qualities. <laughs> the worst offenders, if you can call it that, I've seen are the guys who are already in a relationship, um, not married ones. Actually, is it just yeah? It's the funniest thing. I don't watch porn. No, well, particularly because I'm in a relationship, and I think if you want to ruin your sex life, the first thing you do is is uh, is tune into porn. That's the thing, and especially for me, um, you know, I, I consider myself, as we spoke, quite rounded and uh, aware and not socially awkward, which, yeah, which is one of the things that totally befuddles why I'm sitting here talking about this now. But the thing is, is that when you watch that, if you're a bit secluded, shut yourself away, or a youngster, then let's, let's reach out to anyone who is in their years of just getting into drinking and going out where the peer pressure is much bigger than what I've experienced now is that stuff will give you the totally wrong perception of lovemaking. Yes. That's, that's not lovemaking. No, 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 no. Even no. if it's titled as lovemaking, yeah. it's not. It's, it's just how to uh, – it's just – and I've had females saying, uh, saying this to me. is like, oh, the guy just wants to, you know, slam you about – do you as hard as possible, his gratification. It still sounds like it's his gratification. So, you know, and that puts me off. I immediately hear or whenever I've seen that, switch off, switch it off, or go back into my thoughts and think, well, at least you're not like that. You're not going to be like that. And, to to and totally wouldn't agree. want with anyone. Okay, I guess when you're in a relationship, uh, whatever you do behind closed doors is different when it's just you two and someone might like something, uh, you mo both might like something uh, to do something. That's fine. Um, but then you're both consenting, I would hope. Um, and it's terrible when you hear that, that then one's not. Uh, so I can't do that. And in, it's opened my eyes when you read more and more and more in the newspapers now about online porn is affecting youngsters. It's absolutely frying their brain, giving yeah. them an, a completely warped perception of what making love actually is. And again, you know, I don't only I don't only not watch porn because I'm in a relationship and uh, a healthy relationship. You have to have a healthy sex life. It, it brings you closer. You yeah. connect. It's uh, it takes you to the next level. Oh yeah. But nowadays, yes, all about you've got some. Fucking great big geezer with a chopping great big dick that resembles a horse. Yeah. And he's trying to ram it as far down the woman's throat yeah. as possible. So she's gagging and choking and being sick all over his nuts. And you think, who the fuck watches this shit? Who's tuning into this crap? And then youngsters that are watching it thinking that's the norm. That's the norm. Are they going to be comparing their... Uh, their manhood to these great big dicks, they're gonna, it's going to make them feel inferior. But then they're going to get, him, they're going to take some some girl home from a nightclub or wherever they meet, and all of a sudden they're going to start trying to put the whole length of their dick down their throat because they've yeah. seen it on a porno film. But in our day, I mean, if I mean, I can totally see why you're anti-porn the way that they, the, the way it's filmed and, and produced now. It's uh, it's just fucking weird, and, and it's just so far from reality. It's unreal. But what about but in the eighties porn where there was 
pubic hair and there was real bosoms and they actually <laughs> the ro- the role play was that they was making love like they was yeah back in the day the eight, I don't know the the, the the Nina Hartleys the uh, you know all the big famous you got the Ron, Ron Jeremy wasn't it Ron Jeremy was Ron the... Jeremy turned out to be quite the bad man I don't know did, if you, did he and, I don't oh, know yeah, he's, uh, he's yeah. sitting in jail currently is he now yeah, yeah. yeah he, he weren't he wasn't just satisfi- satisfied with like having sex with thousands of women that were consenting and getting paid for it on set he he also wanted to to have sex with women that didn't want to have sex with him off set it's like fuck me mate yeah. that is greedy yeah I mean uh, slow the, down because the older guys that are slightly older than you and I that were down the gym that was when if we were chatting about stuff it was like mm. they'd mentioned someone oh yeah it's like Ron Jeremy like today you'd say it's like Katie Price or something like that I don't know but yeah, so Ron Jeremy, John Holmes, all of that, all all ended very badly for him. That industry all ended up with great big, you and, know, and mental I, health problems, drug problems. I've seen a documentary on it, and um, where they took, uh, I think one of the guys may have been seller, but they took him out there to, I think it was to America to probably, uh, it's um, the San Fernando Valley, Valley where they film it, just outside LA. I did not go out there while I was visiting. Uh, it's just where they do it. But the thing is, is that they took this guy out there and they spoke to a female porn star and she said what she went through. And they were hoping that he would change, you know, him and someone who was a, quite a bit of a, a ladies' man, a stud, watched porn. Um, yeah, it's not as, gla- not as glamorous as it would appear on screen, is it? No, it's no, and a lot of it isn't. I mean, you got... The whole thing with feeling insecure, which, yes, I suppose I am insecure in that sense. But now you've got lads out there with – you've got women with bodies, body shaming, and you've got these women out there, the, the celebrities and uh, social media stars that are coming across as everything's perfect for their bodies and uh, and their, their breasts. They're having – you know, everything's got to be right. And same with guys, you know, there, isn't it? They, they, you've got guys that are taking juice left, right, and centre. Growth hormone. Yeah. Um, and Ta- they think, t- Tanning injections. Yeah. I mean, we, we had guys that were, we used to train around when we, we started down the gym that were big lads and obviously had experimented. But there was um, – that's where it stopped, really. It was it was just just to get big. But now it's the whole thing, isn't it? It's a, they, they do that. They go out. You can see how many big guys are out there, uh, the young guys. They're much bigger than what we were. What if they watch porn? Well, that's that, That's it. I mean, as we've gone from porn to now talking about people down the gym. How do we get there? They're not, they're not, probably not virgins, these guys. They're a pretty good-looking bunch of lads when you see them out and about. Um, but that can all pressurise somebody like me or a younger, younger person is to think that that's the way you've got to be to attract somebody um, or be attractive. And, and also the because we've got this whole uh, only way is Essex, this whole uh, one up in Newcastle, whatever that was, as some reality thing, you've got these lads going round, you know, looking like looking the same to me, and you've got these women looking the same, mm. and you've got them round these parts looking the same, uh, and you just think... You think it's knocking people's confidence it's, that don't look like that? Yeah, and it makes you more difficult to maybe get noticed or have the uh, and and materialism. Uh, this is all relative to what we're chatting about. Materialism, where they are, uh, you've got to have this, you've got to have that. You you know you've got to be perceived as as doing well. If you're a virgin and you've you're a quiet person. The, and you're expected to have all this. The woman, the, the woman or the guy is expecting the female or the guy to have all this stuff. 
Mm. It's almost like a kit. It's like it's expected now. Yeah, it's almost like you've got to have this equipment to go out before you can go out. Mm. Even on a night out, you've got to have all this equipment before you can even go for a drink up the road, um, before you're even going to get noticed. And the fact that we now live in a throwaway society... That's even where worse, yeah. You, you fall out with your partner. It's like, okay, I'll just go on Tinder and I'll find another you. The swi- that's, I've been, been on a dating uh, site. I've had a look around. I'm not, you know... Which one have you been on? I went on to... Well, first one, uh, I've, I think it was two, actually. It was uh, Plenty of Fish. You looked on there. And was, that there was, was there just, plenty? There was plenty of married people on there. There was plenty of people in relationships. <laughs> but it was plenty of people on there. But And that's something that you wouldn't even in, engage in? I must admit, I, I'm, I've messaged a couple of, of women on there. But then well, that was quite a bit younger, going back before I it was playing. I mean, were the, were the married, married women for you off limits? Or did you even know they was married? Well, I didn't know because they, right. in their profile, I so I wouldn't have even uh, clicked on the married option if, if there right. is. The, are you in a relationship? I guess you, you you click things what you filter, don't you? You filter what you want to look at. I've never been on one. You know, never the, ever. But it's like everything else. Like when you're doing your car insurance, you you, you filter what car you got, where, what mile. It's like compare that, the dating app dot com. It's that. It's the. It is that. It's a meat market. It's all those. Uh, all those phrases. Um, Did you give it? Because I know I know people that have really found love on on, date, do. on dating. I know sites. people that are married from it, but they they were from. They had to pay a fair bit of money. I think it was one of these membership ones that you paid, and you got the good. You know, you could really filter it out. I think they were professional. If you, if you, if you find love, it's money well spent. It was professional websites, and uh, I've seen them. Uh, I read the Times newspaper. I'm not being a snob, but it's quite good. Uh, it was quite up there. And uh, certainly in the weekend supplements, you get some specialised kind of dating sites for the professionals. I, you probably have to earn over a certain amount. So how did you – so, these data, so this, this is interesting because yeah. I think if I, was, if I wasn't in a relationship and I was 44 years of age or nearly 44 years of age and I'd never had sex before uh, and I thought my time was running out, my options were running out and my ability to meet new people – was running out because, you know, we're not going to go to nightclubs now, are we? Couldn't no. think of anything worse. So no, I can't. You're, you're limited as to where you can meet yeah. a female to build something lustful and, and worthy yeah. with. So dating site would have to be an obvious option to keep persevering with it. So what was what was your relationship with these dating sites? Because you've, you've, you've dipped your toes in, but how far into them did you go and why did you stop? Why aren't you actively on them now? I felt totally uncomfortable. Uh, I've just felt it wasn't for, it was disingenuine. And as we say about me being, you, you describe me as being genuine. And I think we spoke earlier on as we were walking into the gym that they're just not, like everyone's a model or an entrepreneur. Now, an entrepreneur, I know an entrepreneur, I know entrepreneurs. And these people just aren't. They're just throwing out names out there to attract attention. It's false advertising for a start. And when you're, as I am, that's about the worst thing you can come against. But you don't have to advertise yourself falsely. No, I don't have to advertise myself falsely at all. And uh, but I, it comes down also, Liam, to stubbornness. I am stubborn, pig-headed, adamant, as my dad would call me. Uh, well, I am adamant uh, that I want to meet someone a traditional way. We come from an age group that just about had that where you were. Well, we did, didn't we? We didn't mm. have this when we were uh, up until probably mid twenties. I don't know, early twenties. I just traditional, and when I have enjoyed and engaged with someone and felt uh, a connection, whether it was just for the conversation uh, and that evening, 
was it was what's the word organically yeah it was just Absolutely. as it was as we as as my parents met as we were when we were uh, teenagers just starting going out drinking it was it had to be that way and that's I'm being stubborn because and I I love that I, I've never been on a dating site no. but, but I do I, I think I would maybe think to myself I, I'd look at all my options and think maybe I need to move with the times to get laid that's yeah that and people so, where, be, where, so I, I totally get where you are people have mentioned that to me so you need to be if you want to meet somebody a traditional way you either need to go back to pubs but then again they're going to be we're going to be the oldest swingers in town or you need to start from, yeah. you need to you need to be in supermarkets for fucking hours at a time <laughs> possibly a library sort of places where you don't really want to be chilling no so, uh loitering yeah. <laughs> so, no, Steve, I mean, you, you're returning more books again. I mean, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's going to work. Me being uh, Arnie was a uh, an idol, still is to a point. Mister Mister Schwarzenegger, as he as he is an important man in both our lives to a point, I would say. But what I was, do you think Arnold Schwarzenegger would be saying to you right now? Because that geezer had a lot of pussy. Is, yeah, that, that man. <laughs> yeah. That, that man has got yeah. a good fucking him, and I know that because it's well documented. Yeah, I got the book, and uh, also uh, since he's been on his own or uh, since the divorce, he's been a lot more open. But um, to start off, what I was saying there was the first film I watched with him was Twins because it was, uh, I think it was the only film he was making that was family entertainment at mm. the time. And I saw this guy on what was TVAM back there where they had uh, a guy come on or a lady come on did the did the film review. Uh, the, well, late, the, the, the latest film that come out. Yeah, that, and it happened to be we were, we had the news on and I was at primary school. I was probably eight, nine. And I said, God, look at that guy. It's where the, they showed a clip where he lifted this this guy off the ground and then threw him into a lift. And I said, who's that man to my dad? And he goes, oh, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's uh, Mr. Mister Universe. He's uh, about 17 stone of muscle. And uh, I was gripped, you know. And uh, I watched the whole movie uh, not far after, with uh, far later, probably in some holidays with my uh, my mate James, who you know as well, and uh, he's a bit older. He, he rented the video. Now, saying going out meeting people, where do you do that? I don't think it's going to work. Me going fantasizing about standing there reading a porno mag, and then suddenly a, a, a tall blonde standing there that, that he bumps into in the movie. It's just. But that was again. It was a kind of organic meeting. It was, it was done a natural, uh, a natural way, where a man talks to a woman. No computers, no phones around. It's being stubborn from having something from a young age where I want to go and meet someone the way everyone else does. It's, it's kind of a bit like uh, those childish. But I want to meet people, uh, women, or how my friends met them. I'm trying to connect. What's the correlation between Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins and meeting a woman? I've, it's just a, it's just like I don't think it's, uh, you, you just you mentioned about loitering in Sainsbury's. For, oh, I see. For, and forever. I mean, yeah. And you're referencing a scene from the yeah, film. Yeah, I'm not going to be standing right, there le, le, reading a. Read, right, right, right. I'm with you. Okay. Do they still put pornos on the shelves? I don't know, but it's, I don't. Know. <laughs> I'd imagine there'll be some shops on the top shelf. You've got Mayfair or Razzle or Fiesta, one or one or the other. But, but saying that that movie was very innocent in the way that he was an older virgin. In the in the movie. Oh right, I'm now. Of you see, course, you see, sorry. you see what I mean. He yeah, was that, there. That went right over yeah. my head. Of course. What and was so, his name in the film? Uh, Julius. Twins. Julius was a big forty-year-old. Uh, well, he was, uh, yeah, even younger than he was younger than me or something at the time. But he was, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, but yeah, and he was big and he was handsome. Yeah. See, I've been working on that bit. 
But yeah, I mean, the fact was he was a he was a, a nice guy, rounded guy. Well, you are quite handsome. Thank you. I I don't rate uh, that's uh, I don't rate myself, but particularly. But then, well, you don't think that because your you, your confidence has been knocked because yeah. you've been rejected and it's now compounded when that's, that's one thing. Got to be the first thing that you need to swipe out of your mind. Yeah. Now anyone fresh start who's watching and listening to this is you've got something there that someone would find attractive in your persona and your in your manner, and I, that's the thing is. And can you do me a favour? Tell yourself that. Yeah, remind the, remind yourself that you've got. I mean, I've given you a list of things that you've got to offer. Yeah. So take them and and soak that all up. I've ever got the best bunch of friends who you know are supportive. We, yes, I've told uh, probably half a dozen people. Have you had any friends offer you their wife for the night? Say, so, go on, mate, have a go on that. No, no, no absolutely. <laughs> well, not. they're not real friends. <laughs> no, they're not. Fuck them. I oh, know. <laughs> There's a yeah. You know, we just. Uh, my, one of my mates we know, he, he's a lovely guy, and uh, he's he's. I don't like being touched. You know, some, if someone suddenly comes up behind you and goes, "Oh, I like that," you know, I, I hate it. I freeze. Probably very few people that gets away with that because I know him. And uh, he, he goes, "Yeah, because you're, you're a good looking lad." He sort of throw it in there and again. And uh, yeah, okay, I'm not. I'm not ugly. I wouldn't say I'm ugly, but certainly I, I feel like my attractiveness is more inside not being seen at the moment. And that's where well, hopefully, I... Well, hopefully, yeah. but this podcast, it will be seen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so. But I hope it, it draws other people out to see or see if they know someone who's uh, who may, may not know they're celibate, but they have an idea or think they probably are or, or are shy, is try and draw something out of them. Like Liam's draw, drew, drew a lot out of me to, to, today. My friends draw the best out of me. And are you, are you are you pleased that you've? I mean, you reached out to me, and I was reluctant to accept because I know that a you're a friend, and it's very. very I've never seen anybody have have, yeah. the, have the courage to basically to tell their story like you have today. It took a are lot you, to get to this point because I wanted to do something, and and it, but it would just, would have just sounded like a pitiful whinge. I think if you're doing it on your own, so I wouldn't have done that. But I deleted the first voice note, as I said, I sent to you, and and left it a good few days before I. I thought, well, is, is there anything in it? Is it just sounds like me trying to give a bit of a sob story? I'm not doing this for fame. I'm not doing it for money. It's a way of talking uh, because when you felt as bad as uh, and had dark thoughts, talk to me about your dark thoughts. Because yeah. I, I, I'm sure there's been times where you've thought, "What's this all about? Is it worth it anymore?" And I'm talking about life. That's the thing. Is 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 life is precious and uh you have people around you that love you and you have a lot to live everyone has a lot to live for you make what you you make out of what you're given and uh it's up to you to develop that and uh when you when you're when you feel that dark uh and i remember it very clearly obviously it wasn't years ago uh you you feel trapped and you, when you hurt that much, love hurts. When you hurt that much, and you just feel like the years of 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 it building up, you don't think there's anything left. And uh, yeah, I come from a loving family, so to have thoughts like that, and I've got loving friends. And when you say thoughts like that, could you just compound on that. Well, elaborate I, on what these thoughts. I were. suppose I guess I had the ultimate thought of ending it with suicide. So. A lot of people say, oh, I feel suicidal and, and 
yeah, I could have killed myself and I'm going to kill myself because he's left me. And you hear, I've heard that, you know, people saying that. But I don't think they meant it because, you know, it was more of a shout for help. I don't think I wasn't doing it for a shout for help because once you've done it, there's no help left. There's no help after it. No. Um, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I had it all planned out really, uh, which is, is tough to, I couldn't have t- spoken about this even at Christmas. It's just, uh, you have some dark thoughts and you plan things and you think, well, what am I going to leave behind? Um, the business. It's funny, stupid thing was the first thing I thought about was, uh, who's going to tell the clients that I'm not going to turn up the next day? It's just, it's, you know, that comes from being probably a bit of a workaholic, but it was, it was just like letting people down. It also comes from a person that cares. Yeah, it's letting people, I don't like letting people down. Uh, and that's why, you know, you're planning things and you, you want every everything tied up, no loose ends, you know? What, what was your, what was your, so you wanted to, you wanted to commit, you wanted to commit suicide. I th- yes, I, I mean... That's, Genuinely wanted to. That's where I thought it was, yeah. I mean, it's, I can't... Um, you see, my mum and dad, they're, they're not on social media at all. I mean, it's, it'd be heartbreaking. If they saw me heartbroken. They you know, saw you heartbroken. They saw so, me so heartbroken. So they knew that you was... Yeah, so, it's, they did you, never would have associated suicide. Although my dad as I found out, was worried about me. But we've got a funny relationship, my dad So he was visibly depressed? Visibly, yeah. I mean, I hid it a lot. Um, I was unhappy. I don't even, yeah, the word depressed, I I don't really think it's in my vocab. I kind of frown upon, because it's so over, everyone's, you know, today we've got all this meant, you know, a lot of people overplay it Mm. and and use it for attention or whatever, but it is a serious thing if you really got it, I guess. And I had some dark thoughts, I suppose. I I would say somebody that was actually planning to to, to end their life. And did you, did did you think of a way, a method that you was going to? Oh yeah, that's what I mean. I planned everything out. So it was. um, Just talk me through that. I, uh, Wanted to do it cleanly, um, as painlessly as possible, and uh, that's the thing is when you is you which was which was how which was in asphyxiation in a car, okay, because um, it had I've got an affinity with vehicles with cars, I love cars, I feel comfortable driving, it's one of the skills that I have in life that I don't worry about having i was very good i'm I, i'm i'm good at driving i can do all sorts of things with a car i used to skid around when i was younger i could drive from the age of 11 very comfortable driving you won't be a very good driver when you're dead very peaceful in a car i'm very i, I can drift off in my own world when i'm driving even if, even if it's between job to job happy driving happy sitting in my car that's where i wanted to be when it happened Radio on at night uh, in a quiet place, uh, and Simon and Garfunkel playing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I had that all sorted. Yeah, and, I'm making uh, light of it because it's, yeah, it is a dark thing. It's it is a dark it? thing, and I, I think there's it's, n- it's uh, there's no way back from that. No, there is no way back. It's a it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and we can make light of it now. 
and I don't want I don't want you to revisit that dark place because you're talking no. about it again. Yeah. Uh, hence why I said it's you a know, great repellent you, if you're talking about it because yeah, yeah, you yeah. know I don't want and people out there looking at me thinking, "Are you okay?" But yeah. you want you want people to know that you understand them because you're on yeah. if you're not you're not just on if you you're on if no, other people. No, because you read about and when you feel like that you have those thoughts, you start thinking, you start researching it, of course, mm. and, and Google. It doesn't have to Google far before you see somebody's committed suicide over. a... How, clo- how close do you think you were to, to suicide, realistically? Well, that's the thing is, I don't know. You, you you get prepared and you go and drive off and to do it, but it's, it's you don't know until you don't know you're going to do it until you do it, do you? Did, I, did I, you did you have the, the? I had the equipment. Yeah, the equipment ready to go. In the car, it was in the car for about a fortnight. Was uh, it hose pipe screw fix job? Yeah, duct hose, a bit like that aircon. Uh, just just uh, some some clips, hose clips. Uh did you speak to anybody about this? How you felt? No, well, so you, you no, spoke. So, just, you, so you had these suicidal thoughts. You brought yeah, all the equipment I, that could have ended your yeah, own life, I, and you didn't tell a soul. No, I just thought, well, it's because you you were that I was quite unhappy uh, at a time where where business was building up as well, you know, and uh, doing well, and I was on the way to get my own place, and uh, that's the thing. Is you never know how close you are to something. Mm. You you know it's it's uh they're trying to trying to think of an example is like uh you 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 sort of like uh reaching for something on the shelf and you're patting your hand around at the top of the shelf and you're like oh damn it I can't find it mm. and you you realise your hand was about a, a, an inch to the left of it yeah and you, the, the you, danger of having suicide equipment on you at all times yeah. when you're feeling suicidal is if you get that impulsive feeling it's done it's done and and you but, but to say so is it, it is it best not to carry suicide equipment around with you if you if you no. just don't do it no don't do it and i mean you know there's other ways isn't there to deal yeah. with to deal with problems there are other ways of dealing with it yeah. before you end your life yeah because uh my grandmother uh, committed suicide which is what stopped me your nan committed suicide. No, not my nan, my grandmother on the other side. So I didn't know her that well, but she she was my mum's mum. My nan I loved was my uh, was was my dad's mum. Okay. So the thing was, my but my mum's real mum. I say that because she was adopted after by her grandparents. Was uh, she 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 committed suicide? And I think that that would have been. Uh, I th- I th- then I thought, you know, it's the people you leave behind, isn't it? Um, now I should imagine there's other people out there that have had suicidal thoughts that have haven't gone and bought the equipment, but we've all thought about it, or we've maybe known someone that's done it. And you just well, the older you get, the more people you know or hear of that has. Well, you live more, the, you the, see the, more. Gone. Yeah, yeah, you yeah totally. Yeah, and no, we. I think there was someone fairly recent in in town that did it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it. It was uh, a drifting off. I just wanted to drift off peacefully. Uh, that's how bad I felt. And uh, and what was the turn? What was the turning point that made you realise that you've got a you've got a nice life that's worth living? Where was that? Where was that moment where you just snapped out um, of it and thought, "Hang about the hose pipe, the duct tape, everything that I've got yeah. in the boot of the car, ready to kill myself. I need to put that in the bin." What What was that moment? It could have boiled down to you weren't really serious about it in the first place as much as you bought that stuff, but you've gone through all the thought process. But then you you do, it was the selfishness of, because uh, my, we were, uh, we had a customer come in our yard and uh, dad and I were chatting to them and I, I thought about all this while I was having these dark thoughts and he said, uh, 
you know, we know someone that we, we, we live near Beachy Head and they have someone up there all the time, like a, a, a what is it, a, a brother or something. They're up there all the time. Uh, Samaritan that, that tries to stop people from jumping. And my dad said, yeah, because that, that is a selfish, selfish act. And I just thought about that. So that, was, that, rung, yeah, that, that hit that, a chord. That, yeah. And also in between feeling like this, yeah, having the equipment, but driving around with it there, maybe for another few days, uh, I'd have a good few days, busy with work. And you just think, yeah, you've got a lot to, as what I said about earlier, you you, you don't know how close you are to something. Mm. Uh, and, and that's and it. You, you also... Obviously, you, you never realise how special you are to other people, and yeah. I and I can and I can tell you now categorically, if uh, if we was to wake up one day and realise that Stephen Kinnard no longer existed, there'd be a lot of broken hearts, there'd be a lot of tears, and there would be a lot of irreversible damage and a lot of heartache because you would be missed yeah, by uh-huh. a lot of people. You would be missed by a lot of people. Yeah, I guess that's the, the although sometimes you didn't think like that. That's what I can be honest about is you don't think like that. And um Well you lose your self worth and your self belief, didn't you? You do for only momentarily. That's all it takes. Yeah, if, it if, did, if, it did. If, yeah. If, you just, I if mean, you're that close to doing it, that's all it takes. Momentarily, but uh yeah, I mean there's an inner inner stubbornness. Inner stubbornness and you know, I feel like I've got a lot to do in 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 work and uh, things I want to achieve and that's being the goal setter that I am. I took a, a life coaching course in two thousand and six, seven and I did it to help other people. I ended up helping me out, you know, because I always had goals I wanted to do, never knew how to go about them. And that helped an awful lot. Where you think, well, you've got you've got this far, you know, you've done it on on your own. And you've got to remember that yeah. to put it bluntly, you're never gonna lose your virginity if you're dead, and you cannot no. help anybody if you're dead. No, and so I'll- please. No, that's it. And I'd say to anybody out is there. Is that thought, do you think, securely in the past, it's locked secure, away, yeah. ne- never to return? No, that's not going to return because it's. Uh, I've got my own place now, Liam. I've got a great, uh, great uh, circle of friends, and and I'm not even sure these days. We've got all these forms of communication. People have got hundreds of friends on Facebook, or whatever, what and all. What gets that. better than this? Yeah, that's all you need. Face to face, no phones, yeah. an honest conversation. I know that I can phone. I phone my friends. Uh, we voice note because you're busy and I'm I'm busy. And uh, but you phone. I phone my friends and make sure that you know we have a chat. I knock, uh, go around to my other mates, knock on their door. Often on a Sunday, I say, "Are you about? We'll have a coffee." I go and see a friend who went through a lot of trouble. Uh, in a in a years ago, was addicted and and things and. Um, what a sweet fellow, really great guy. And there's all these people you you sort of realise, I really would miss our, we call it our gentleman's club, he and I. I go over to his house and we have a, a, we have a dinner and stuff on a Saturday and we chat and, and uh, he taught me the drums. Uh, you can serenade your, yeah, new, your, yeah. new, your, your <laughs> new prospect. I'd be like Animal you can Elf. Go, you can go Keith Moon on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I bought the kit. I'd be, I'd be more like Animal Elf, Sesame Street. It'd be awful. But, yeah, I mean, you feel like you. I know now what I've got to live for and I've got my own place. And, you know, that's a great thing, as I said to you earlier, is having the confidence to – now I can bring someone home. Uh, say, would you like to come around for a drink? Or we end up there after a day out. I've got a, gar- a garden to sit in. Perfect. I can cook. 
you know, um, but I'm just making it home now. I'm not making and you're, it. And you're great. Women like good company. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't want to sit there with a mute. You can look You can look like Joey Essex. Yeah. If you've got nothing to say, nothing to offer, you're not going to stimulate their mind and they're going to switch off pretty soon. Yeah. You are a very good conversationist. You're interesting. You're interested. You're a, you're a good package. And you need to remember that if you're ever feeling low again and fucking call me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I mean, uh, I know. Th- I know that you've mentioned this to me before. We touched base just out there yeah, on, yeah. My, on my patio. I think yeah. that's the first time I did. Yeah, you, what the first time you told anybody? Yeah, well, about about the the the, the final act, as it can be called. Is, yeah, is, is, is uh, that's uh, is is uh, well, actually, you you are the second. The first I told her and shocked, yes, but but you, I I wondered how it had an impact on you because you've seen a lot of things in life. And so, I'm, and for, I'm, well, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm no stranger um, to darkness so and trauma. I no. thought, well, you said it's going to be dark, it's going to be uh, truthful, and I, I said, well, you know, we want to talk about that. And I, uh, there's no, there's no point coming on onto a podcast to, being, no. to 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 set yourself free and pretend it's more pleasant than what it is. It's been horrible. It's been lonely. Yeah. You felt genuinely suicidal. You, you had it all prepared. But since then, you've taken steps. You've now got your own place. You're taking yeah. steps. You're progressing. Progressing. And that that thought is left behind. Yeah. And you know you've boxed it away. We don't need to open that box ever again. So from here, stick. where do we go from here? Is there a roadmap? Are you now going to strive to meet a female, forge a relationship, and lose your virginity? It's, it's, Are you it, going to put effort into that? Because yeah. be, being stubborn and locking yeah. yourself away for three years, thinking, "Well, I got rejected, and I'm going to, oh, so, yeah. I, so I'm going to become sort of reclusive for three years." You're just not going to meet someone, and you're not going to get laid that way. Getting laid is a is a flippant term. Mm. You're never going to make love to someone special if you're not putting yourself out there saying, "Hey, no. I'm not hiding away from it. I want love. I need love. I want to meet someone." Come and come and speak to me. The dating sites were uh, uh, something you you've touched on there. Now I have seen. Now I'm at a level where I'm earning quite good money. I'm uh, got a business. I got independence, but I am bloody busy, as you you know. You you you're burning a candle at both ends there, and and in between. That's on my mind. Is it, then I start talking myself out of it. Oh, how do you? Who's going to tolerate my work pattern? But when I spend time with somebody whether it's a friend or a would be uh you know in a romance romantic situation i'd like to put everything you know give them my full attention i think it'd be more quality rather than you can't give you can't give anybody your full attention because your attention needs to needs to go in other areas to make the relationship more solid yeah yeah because you can't you 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 know when i had and the right person will support you yeah now, when I I had a very caring friend who supported me through the uh, where I was living, I was renting a room out, and uh, she supported supportive. We used to call it my thing, which is what you said earlier. Is it becomes a thing, virginity, and exactly. I, it, it was it was classed as my thing. And, and, and I and I think this is what sorry to, to to cut you off, but I think we're sat here today talking about uh, you being an incel, which is what people are going to say in the comments. Mm. You're a virgin at nearly 44 years of age. I think that is because there was rejection at a certain age. Maybe your first, second attempt to interact with a human and, and bond in a, you know, in a sexual capacity, you was your confidence was knocked. 
and then that manifested into a thing and yeah, it's become it. a thing and it's put yeah. blockers on you from doing certain things reaching out making eye contact doing things that people do body language yeah. you've 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 stunted it you've stunted your own growth in being yeah having having like a sexual presence and, a, yeah, and an aura you, about you you kind of have given up and because you've not spoke about it no. It's been even more suppressed, and, and I think it's become a thing. I don't. Whereas it didn't need to be a thing. No, I don't burden my friends with it because when I spend time with it, I mean, I told them I don't want to be it to be, it kind of like almost vying for attention. But we, we, it's just nice being in their company. But when I was, say, we was referred to as my thing, and I used to talk to someone about it, I had nothing really. I'd left my job that I was in for years, very steady, but worked my way up. Um, just bought my horse. Then I went and hurt my back. I was laid up for three months. Didn't see anybody all day long some days because I well, was laid up. you need to find a woman that likes to go on top. <laughs> that's just, but when you're <laughs> laying there, you've got, you're mulling things over and that's all you've got. Oh. Yeah, I was running out of money. I couldn't see a way out. Confidence was knocked that I couldn't think I could go and get a job again because I didn't. I, you know, around people, I was, uh, you know, a wreck, really. I dug myself out of that. I thought I've always wanted to be, run my own firm. And so there I started. Uh, going on a dating, so, which is when I went on the dating site, I had nothing really to offer. Uh, you know, uh, me, yeah, but I had no real income, as a lot of people who are starting their own business haven't. You know, you're running on fumes sometimes. I had no kind of provisions to take anybody out. So there's not a great basis. But now, and this is where people listening should take heat, work your way out of it. There's no other way. Hard work. If you're in a position, a job you're unhappy about, find an alternative. There's no excuses today with uh, you got a plethora of it on the internet. You can make money sitting at home and going out making it you can find ways of developing as a person like i said i took the life coaching thing that was correspondence where you know pen and paper back actually then develop yourself i've developed myself to a point now where i said to you this morning i couldn't have done this a few months ago mm. i've de developed yourself into something everyone's got something that they're good at uh and equality and work on that um, other people will support you. Uh, my friends were so supportive when they when I told them. Now I told a friend's wife, who was a say you say old oh, my mate's wife, but she's as much of a mate as him also almost. Where she is, she kept that bless her to herself for three years before my mate, who was a really good one of my best mates, knew knew, and uh, because he only knew because I told him. I told two of my best mates at the same time. And he's, I said to Andrew, when I said to him about it, they were like, no, no, that's all right, mate. You know, that's, that's well, why didn't you tell us sooner? And you don't. Because uh, people will give you ideas. People yeah. will give you, people will remind you of where your, where your strengths lay. Yeah. Build your confidence. Yeah. And they'll also give, you know, we can't all do it alone. You can't do it, no. Yeah, and that's stubborn. Be thinking, I, I'd like to do everything on my own. I just, uh, you know, I do. Well, I do it. Live on my own. I do my own cooking, my own shopping, uh, washing, ironing. I occasionally get a cleaner in. That's that. In that sense, independent. Yes, but but with this, you need support of your friends and and even work colleagues. You might have a work colleague that's a, a, a good support system. I had an incredible boss. 
who I never told this about, uh, this too, but he, he, just seeing him operate made me want to be around him and develop as a person. I developed within that company and that pushed me on whenever I, you know, and uh, I thought, well, I've, I am what I am, but I've, I've got a good job and I'm developing. Uh, now that can be easily, easily be lost when you are, you when are, you are dark you, thoughts. I, I think what you've just said there absolutely nails it. If you want to, if you want to become more desirable as a man, you need to level up. Yeah. And also, if you want to, if you want to start fancying yourself, you've got to level up. If you want to like yeah. what you see in the mirror, you've got to level up. You've got yeah. to turn up to work. You've got to, you've got to build a better frame. You've got to build a better mindset. You've got to take care of yourself. Give up bad habits, incorporate new ones, start new ones, get a new hobby, put yourself in the place where the good luck will find you. And then it's amazing the law of attraction. You start believing in yourself and you, you know, you think you're the man, you are the man. People will feel that shit. It is the secret. That is the secret. secret. That that really, really is. I'm so glad you said that because it's coming from somebody that hasn't yet broke their cherry. Well, no, I've got to look forward to it. And and do look forward to it because it's a beautiful thing and it's going to happen. A lot of people are going to, a lot of people are going to be watching this and the word prostitution is going to come up. It's come up. They're yeah, going to, people yeah. are going to want to know, mm. okay, you've gone 44 years and you've never, ever, ever, I'm going to be crude. You've never, ever, ever slid your hard dick inside a warm, wet, cozy vagina. And when you love someone and you do that, it feels like home. So people are going to think, because people won't under, be able to understand this because some people just live for that. That's yeah, it. That, a that's lot of people, it. that's just their driving force. Yeah. They haven't got a balance. So have you yeah. ever considered sleeping with a prostitute or even getting a wank off one? No, if I was to do it, it'd be the full way. Uh, and, uh, Good and, man. And, uh, yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Why, you know, why get a dog when you, uh, and, and bark yourself? You know, the, I could do that myself. But the thing is, is that, okay. Are we referring to your right hand as the dog? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Oh, no, it's, it's why, you know, you can masturbate with a man or woman yourself. I'm not going to get some stranger in to do that, whereas I'd rather, if you're going to do it, you go to full, full act. But I and would. Have you considered having sex with a prostitute? I, you know, you mould it over. I've mould it over, and I, I, I think a couple of people, uh, friends I've mentioned, have, have when said you, it. When you thought about, yeah, sleeping with a prostitute, did you look at the price list and think, "Fuck that"? No, I didn't think of that. I just thought of it as, is what's, you know, you've 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 kept yourself the way you are, not for a religious belief. It's just the way it's worked out. Now you wanted the first time to be special. Um what am I going to get out of this? And am I going to feel what I've been looking for afterwards? And I wouldn't. So you're, you're not just looking for an orgasm, are you? No, you're just looking for someone that you, you know, having been in love and you, 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 you've been in love, in love. Cause a lot of, a lot, a lot of people haven't got a great deal of substance or a great deal of depth. Now I'm, I'm very similar. I don't, I, yeah, I, no, I you, you I, are, Rome, you I, are I don't, I, I don't you know. have sex with my cock. I have sex with my heart. Yeah, and that's what if, I would if do. If that and that isn't isn't in line, that won't even work. I would, so I get that. But a lot of men, they've got that Neanderthal. They're fueled with testosterone, and their dick's yeah. just an extension of them. And they will fuck anything and anybody, <laughs> anytime, any place, anywhere. They're they're loaded up and they're ready. So yeah. some people will think he must be mad. He's he's not lost his virginity and he's not called a prostitute round for 
a couple of hundred quid. Why not? No. So this is the reason. This is what makes you very, very interesting and what, what what's going to make the event special. That's the thing. And I'm, I've got, you know, I'm not going to sit here going, oh, no, I've got standards. You know, I'm, got, I'm, I'm not dropping my standards because I've heard that from people. And you just see their standards and you think, well, you've just dropped them. You, you know, there's people out there that say, oh, you know, I'm married and that's it for me, you know, and then the next thing they're having an affair. It's just, it's just, okay, you, you're not happy. You maybe feel like you deserve more. But it's, it, I, I am also scared of hurting someone's feelings, which I need to get away from, is that you might not get it right first time in a relationship, but I wouldn't cheat. So I know that much for sure. But it's also, yeah, being cheated on maybe would be the the other thing is because you, I've I, I've got to trust someone, mm. and I've waited, you know, I've I've held back or wanted it to be right, and you trust someone, and then they do the dirty on you or something goes wrong, and that that's that you feel uh, you're back at square one, I guess you would feel back, but but uh, that's part of of course, of course, but love, yeah, to me, it's it is having. You know, you, you want to have the intimate side of it, um, but you want to have that, uh, like I said, seeing people walking down the street holding hands. And uh, I know I think you put a post up of you in the cinema to see a, an elderly couple next to you holding hands. Do you hands. know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that. It was it was so lovely to yeah. see. So I went to I went to a cinema. It's an old school cinema, yeah. but it's got one of them leg raises and it's almost like being on a sofa and they come and they serve you nuts and drinks and it's it's lovely. And I went I went to watch a film. I fell asleep during the fucking thing. And when I woke up, the credits were rolling. But I went anyway. And as, and as I'm at the cinema, to the right of me was an elderly couple. Yeah. And I see them and they, their shoulders their shoulders joined initially. And I'm looking at them. I'm thinking, oh, that's nice. An older couple. They've come out on a Monday, Tuesday night. This is their date night. And then the next thing, they're in their, they're in their late 60s and they're holding hands. Yeah. And I thought, that is yeah. fucking beautiful. Because a lot of youngsters nowadays, they would take that shit for granted. They wouldn't even appreciate it because they'll just swipe right and get the next one. And there'll be no yeah. meaning in their life. And their relationships will be soulless. That's, and you want the, the, you the, want to be yeah. the 67-year-old holding hands yeah. with your wife, didn't you? As my grandparents did, as my parents uh, would, would do. It's just, for me, is that. And, and also the whole affection is, uh, you know, I have... Uh, grow, I grew close to someone and uh, brushing someone's hair, not not literally in the sense of brushing it with a uh, brush. I would offer it's, Steve. It's, but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kissing someone on the forehead. Mm. I do that with my uh, friends uh, who I've grown, who have married my mates. You know, I just it's uh, just being affectionate and caring is 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 rubbing them on the on the you know rubbing their back you know just pat you know yeah pat their ass um tell them they look good you devil yeah i know <laughs> tell them they look good there's no harm in that that that's what i want i want the full package i'm being selfish because love let's say for money or love is self, a selfish not, act. not selfish at all i i want I would say I want, I would like that. But the other thing is, Liam, is that I kind of condition myself to think, well, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, and then that makes you thankful for what you have got and you can build on that. And I think that if, if anyone's out there that has got that level of low confidence that you have got something to grab onto to develop on, once you develop confidence in something, like I said, I went horse riding. Yeah, there's more women in that than men, and they're 
and and talking about equality, they are every bit in polo and and eventing horse riding. Women, if they're probably ballsier than men, you should stick around that scene. Them, horse, well, them horsey women. They uh... now I've got you know I've got my own players. I might get back in the saddle again. They're very affectionate, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rampant. No, I'd say that is is just that to share something that you're level at is why I enjoyed it. Is and yes, you chat to them because you're on something that you could effectively, if it goes wrong, you could die on, uh, have an accident, get badly injured. It's a kind of an adrenaline rush, and to enjoy that with somebody, as as I have with horses, is is a is a is a huge thing. But to pick it, just just build on something because when the confidence comes in something else, as I, as I'm finding now. It, it, it radiates out it's, of you. Do you know what? It radiates. It's your confidence now, when we had a chat on my patio and you, you mentioned that you considered ending things, your confidence now and your energy that's, that's coming off your chest into mm-hmm. me, I can feel it. I can almost taste it. It's so nice. That's it. It's real, real nice and it's powerful and it has an effect on other people. So you have an impact on people, a positive one. Yeah, a very very vibrant one. So you need to you need to remember that. And remember your you know your business now. It's up and running. It's successful. Yeah. You've got your work vehicle. You've got your logo, which is yourself plastered all over <laughs> it. Before before you had that business, yeah, did you manifest that thought? Did you think to yourself, this is where I want it to be? Well, I'm going to have them clients there. I'm going to cover that area there. I want my logo to. Did you did you? envisage your business before yeah. it was real you did it's all planned out uh, obsessive planner but also there's a whole subconscious thing of uh, and i learned during the life coaching uh, uh, sort of course i took is and watching people watching entrepreneurs working for them as i still do is you see how they've forethought what's, what's going to happen it don't happen by accident you have a bit of luck i've had luck I didn't have luck. I didn't think I did because I started uh, one of the businesses, uh, which they're both, you know, go hand in hand. But plum in the middle of, well, at the beginning of COVID, I thought, oh, well, that's fallen flat on its face. But, you know, uh, it was all planned out to the income was planned out, which uh, I smashed, luckily, you know, in the first few months, I smashed that. Um, and everything I do with the horse riding, I planned out, I YouTubed, I watched things. Sometimes you can overdo it because you, you 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 kind of overthink things. But yeah, everything I do, I plan out. So before we before we wrap this up, yeah. and it's been a great chat, and I hope it's helped a lot of people, and I think it will do, not just people that are that have still got their their virginity, and also people that know others that have still got their virginity, that it's not an easy ride. Uh, it's not a walk in the park. It's very, very difficult, no. but there's light at the end of the tunnel and you've got, to, you've, you've got to believe and you've just got to be patient. Patience is a virtue and it has to be someone's virtue. But can we make a deal before we wrap this up that you from now on will manifest the thought, law of attraction, and you will start picturing yourself in a happy relationship, making love to somebody each morning, holding somebody's hand in a cinema, sharing dinner with somebody each night, and kissing somebody goodnight each and every night. Will you keep that vision in your head, that thought and that manifestation until it happens, no matter how long it takes? Will you make a deal with you'll do that? Me personally? Yeah. Yes, I'll do that. I can easily do that. And, uh, yeah, it's something that's, that's, that I've done all uh, throughout, For, you know, from a young age probably quite romantically and i would say yeah to it i'm gonna You're keep gonna, that on on i keep on that keep doing that it'll not, happen i'm not gonna let 
you know, because otherwise I'd be letting myself down. And, you know, I, I'm in a community and we have, uh, we have other communities that, 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 that are out there now that weren't maybe before that are proud to be what they are. Uh, they may know what they are, they may not, but they just, but this is so taboo still. So I would say is good to the men and women out there or, or youngsters that feel pressure like we never probably felt is we work together on it. And I think your community is just about to grow. Where can people find you on Instagram? What's your account called? It's just it's Stephen's Domestic Cleaning. I'll put it through that. Stephen's Domestic, domestic Cleaning. Domestic Cleaning. And uh, that's that's me. On Instagram, they on can Instagram. find you yeah, there. Yeah, that's all I've and got. You're, you're open to dis- People can send you direct messages. You yeah, can discuss things with them. Please do. You know, it's just Perfect. Uh, anything that you've been through, uh, going through, if I could help one person, you know, it it, it, it saves it saves one person. As you say, you've, you've all got friends or you've got family or people that care about you. You help one person, you probably help 20 because if they decide that that's the end of it and uh, they're, they're down or, or those 20 people see you depressed, they don't want to see you depressed. I, I can guarantee you've helped a lot more than one person no, having the courage no, to come here today and share your story. And I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, sir. I've really enjoyed it. And I want to say that you are the most charming, charismatic, handsome, optimistic virgin I've ever, ever met. (laughs) And I've got a funny feeling that you're not going to be a virgin for long. Really? I love you, mate. (laughs) Thanks very much, Liam. And thanks for coming on. And I'll see you guys next time on The Dozen Podcast.